Okay, so hopefully everyone got your handout. Um, I won't be following it, but it's a good a good takeaway. Um, there's some good. I will be addressing some things in there for homework, but I'm finding each time uh, I deliver this class, this training, um, each group gets its own um, bonus material that I guess the next groups get to have. Anyway. Um, John 3.3, 3, I think, is really one of the foundation scriptures for this training. John 3.3 3 says, Jesus, and this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, uh, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you that unless a person is, is born again, um, he cannot see uh, the kingdom of God. The Amplified Version says, uh, unless a person is born from above or born anew, he cannot see, he cannot know, he cannot be acquainted with, he can't experience the kingdom of God. And this training is all about you having a full, being full contact, full engagement with the kingdom of God. Um, yeah, you're, you know, from here you, you'll be knowing more, and knowing is just not an intellectual knowing. Knowing is the more like the intimacy knowing. Um, be acquainted with, you know, we want you to be familiar with the kingdom. What I'm finding is many, many of us are not, we're more familiar with um, everything natural, but we're a supernatural being, everyone that's born again, born of God, should be familiar with uh, the kingdom of God because we're, we've made citizens of the kingdom. Uh, we don't have to wait until we die to become familiar with, um, uh, Wait till we die to become familiar with uh, everything the Father has 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 made for us. Um, uh, that's kind of one of those lives that we'll be breaking tonight, and and you'll be breaking with the the demonstration of your lifestyle. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we'll really be focusing on um, I think all training, my training, anyone does good training is really about renewing your mind. It's really about uh, planting seed and hope and hoping, or every teacher is hoping that that seed is planted in good soil. Uh, my job is to plant. Your job is to prepare your heart, your soil um, for that seed. And so ways to do that um, is to put, uh, what's a good word, is put a high value on your time. If you put a high value on the time, that does one thing that makes your soil, makes your ability to receive revelation, uh, makes it stick. So as uh, as revelation or seed goes from um, from me to you, if you've um, prepared your ground, prepared your being by place, placing a high value on this time and on the topic, mixing it with your desire and faith and expectation, then the seed will not only uh, be received by you, but it'll grow in you, right? And then you get to water it. Watering is more from the day of reviewing what you heard, uh, exercises, revisiting. And so it's not enough just to uh, participate, come to the class or come to a conference or come to a teaching or listen to the tape once. You, the one time is taking the seed in. You've got a whole other part of letting it grow, letting it grow up in you. And a lot of times um, we, uh, what do we do? We, we go places, we hear seed, and then we actually dig up the seed. And so uh, one of the benefits of a longer training, hopefully you won't be digging up the seed as much. Uh, also, uh, uh, a, 
uh, a house divided will fall. So a house divided is, you know, so we're, we're a, a threefold being. We're spirit, soul, and body. Um, if your spirit receives a word, but your soul, your mind doesn't understand it or rejects it, then you might as well not go hear that revelation because all you're doing is, is taking it in and spitting it out, okay? Um, and so we've got to prepare ourselves for revelation. So hopefully right now you're not uh, uh, playing, you know, one of the cool little uh, internet games and listening. That's a distraction. That's you being divided. Your spirit's open. But your soul, mind, your conscious, unconscious is distracted by something else, right? And so the more that you can focus, it helps, again, prepare you for the, for the word, right? Again, my, my job, uh, jobbing and jobby, my job and equipment is to not only uh, launch it, um, but I'm, you know, I'm gifted where my launch is mm, intensified. And so, what does that mean? So my calling is to equip believers for victory. And um, so part of my enabling is when I launch Revelation, it sticks um, a little harder than people who are not equipped like me. So um, the benefit for you is um, even if you don't want to accept and embrace and let the seed grow in you, you're going to have a hard time um, getting it out of you. So um, that might mean run now, <laughs> but uh, that's a different story. Anyway, so, yeah, so here we go. Um, again, John 3.3, 3, the, in the Amplify, that word there, see, it says to, to know and be acquainted with and experience. And so I'm going to broaden your definition, renew your mind on, on what seeing is. It's just not um, things that come through your eyes, okay? Uh, we'll get there. The other thing I want us to focus on is uh, it says unless a person is born, right? Born again, born anew, born from above. That word in the Greek is, is like is, is uh, genero, and genero uh, re refers to like generated. Um, like generator, things which are made. So unless the person is made from above or created or regenerated from above, um, you're not born again. So one of the lives that we, we live with in our Western society is um, somewhere along the line, um, we prayed a prayer or went forward, <coughs> and something in our little brain says, because I said a prayer, I've been born of God. And that's not quite true. Um, there's a scripture in 1 John 5, 4 that says, whatever is born of God, and you could say that's born again, uh, overcomes the world. So part of the, uh, of the people who attend uh, local churches or attend groups or attend whatever we attend, um, there's, there's a uh, program in us, a lie in us, a half-truth in us that says, uh, I, made a, I made a commitment and uh, I said a prayer, um, I signed a roll book, I joined uh, the good team, I left the bad team, I've been transferred from uh, darkness into light, all these things I've done, therefore I'm born of God. And I'm finding that's not necessarily true. Um, the only, it's, it's just like, and, and we all understand this, um, uh, anyone who's seen a, a, a live birth, whether it be watching you know, dolphins give birth or humans give birth, whatever, uh, it's real clear that a baby comes out of something. He's usually a female, right? Um, but what happens is in our Western society, we don't see that transformation. 
uh, we see some words, we see some lip movement, some cases we see some tears, some cases we see uh, some fainting, falling down, depends what background you have. Uh, and but we don't see a transition and then we we copy it or we don't copy it we do things like well it's an internal thing and that's true in a sense but what happens is um when jesus said my father who art in heaven and it says be born from above and born of god there's got to be a transaction that occurs that you're changed and yeah it's a spirit thing but it's got to be the change that occurs has to be so dr dramatic enough that your spirit is changed, your soul is addressed, and so is your body. Right? We need a we need the the full full impact salvation, and not just the the word game. And I know I did the word game. It was such a word game for me. Every time I thought the words didn't work, I went forward and said the words again. So if I was counting, I probably got saved. I don't know. 300, 400 times. Anytime something went wrong, I'd run forward, I'd say the prayer, I'd repeat it, I'd go bend, bow, whatever it took in order for me to be, to feel better about it. But I would tell you, I wasn't born of God. And the, the real deal is, it's not about comparing works, it's about comparing, um, can, can you tell a difference between uh, when the Lord's come into your life? Because when the Lord comes in your life, He messes with everything right and if you're if you let him which is the key part you have to let him mess with everything because he wants to touch every part of your life if, if you're not allowing him to touch every part of your life i don't think that you're born of god as in come from his loins right every child that i've seen in those movies and my own daughter um i could say everything of my daughter came out of my wife right um when i would say prayers uh, at an altar or on the phone or at a t watching a, a TV deal. Um, I wasn't changed. I was just mouthing words. And so I'm all about a transformation. And I know for a fact transformations happen in his presence. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And that's the kind of thing the scene is talking about. It's knowing, being fully acquainted with, and experiencing. Not just thinking about, not hoping, but experiencing. Hopefully we're going to... The goal is to move us from hoping or actually wondering past not just hoping even not just believing i want to get us to where we know know that we know that we know not this i wonder if i'm i wonder if that's god we need to get past that is we're not we're in a day that it's not uh i wonder if it's got to be i know for a fact right not even believing for i have faith for we need to get to the knowing stage and so that's kind of the goal that is kind of the, that is the goal of, of this training okay to get to the knowing part so all those who want to know and not just hope not just wonder please stay engaged so um in that i need to get us to where we understand um i call the the, the dynamics of seeing right um why dynamics well we need to i need to, you to see i'm trying to break this down kind of like you would you know, um, uh, if I was tearing apart a car to find the problem, why isn't this car running at a peak performance? Now, I probably shouldn't use car analogies because I only thing I can do with the car is push it and put gas in it, and I can do jumper cables, and I can... That's about it. I can jumpstart a car and put gas in the car. I can put oil on the car and fluids, but not all fluids. Um... So, let's use a different analogy. Cooking. I like to cook and eat. 
So we need to look at the ingredients of seeing, okay, and understand the components of seeing so that we can master seeing. Will that work for us? Yeah, I feel better about cooking and components in the, in the recipe. Now, I didn't say formula because formulas, you know, get me in trouble. But we're going to talk about your, your beliefs, your building blocks for seeing, okay? Those are the dynamics, okay? Because um, as we look at the dynamics, you're going to see some of the mm, uh, not strong truths. Um, you're going to see uh, areas that are, aren't as strong as they need to be. You're going to see um, places of improvement, right? Um, but it'll be good. So we're going to, we're going to do the, the, the gym thingy. If I was your fitness instructor, I would say, I'm going to break you down and build you back up. And so since at this point I am your spiritual instructor, we're going to break you down and build you back up. And the team that's with me today is the Holy Spirit here on the right. And, um, um, he's teaming up with your angels, which are with you. And so we're just going to, um, let them, um, uh, engage, uh, at your locality. I haven't quite got to the place where I can be there with you, but I'm working on that. But what I am going to do is I'm not going to speak uh, down to your soul. I'm going to speak up to your spirit. Um, these, the words that uh, they'll be here, I'm going to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit who's a better teacher than I am. I'm going to be in, in agreement with the king, the principles of the kingdom of God because they are always effective. I'm going to walk in the motivation of love and, the, and love never fails. I'm going to be in agreement with the assignments of with the angels that are assigned over your lives and, and they'll be free to minister to you where you are across the country because y'all are, y'all are, yeah, y'all are across the country. And I'm not going to limit myself to my uh, uh, physical ability. Uh, I used to. Um, I used to have to see your faces and see if you were awake. And, and then I would uh, do stuff to, to make your body and your emotions respond. But now I'm going to release the, the revelation to your spirit and to your soul and let the Word of God, which uh, is awesome, do its work. So I'm going to lean not upon my teaching understanding, but trust in God and his team. So hope you're ready to be transformed because um, I am, and I get transformed every time I do this, uh, every time I teach or train on something. It really doesn't matter the topic as long as the, uh, um, um, the kingdom's engaged. So kingdom's engaged, and we're going to have fun. <clears throat> if you have your paper with you, I am going to hit that first area and the dynamics is three, so we're going to talk about um, your natural eyes, how we, how we naturally see. Um, and you, if you have a hand down, I have this you know poorly drawn eye, which is me and my ability. I can do some pretty good downloading of pictures, and I can draw an arrow because PowerPoint can do that. Anyway, but the the image that uh, we're looking at, or the image in your mind, should be something of okay. We all, uh, I think, every, yeah. So. Uh, naturally um, light or images come through our eye and then um, once it passes our eye bulb that image is um, um, what's the word converted yeah that's a good word converted into electrical pulses or energy and then it's processed okay it's okay don't worry about it you have the old copy don't look at it just believe 
This is your faith exercise. So once once the uh, uh, the electrical impulses are, are go into your brain, your brain starts processing that image, the information, and then places an image on your uh, on your uh, uh, the back of your brain on the screen. There are no pictures on the screen. Charlie, you were here in the beginning, so it's okay. So there are no pictures, only the pictures in your imagination, which is actually the next slide. <laughs> so anyway, so um, so if we naturally, um, um, everyone, this process is is a natural process that we're all, all, all were born with, um, and the sci- scientists say, and I've not cut, I've not cut open a brain yet or a skull. But the, the back of your brain where images are formed, it's only like a two centimeter, or two, it's a two by two, that's a two inches by two inches, a four inch squared uh, portion in the back of your brain where the images um, that you're seeing now in your room are actually, uh, everything that you see, which is outside that you're seeing, it really isn't outside, it's actually the inside of your head. This still kind of, I've been studying this for a couple of years. It still kind of bothers me that I'm not really seeing outward. I'm seeing inward. <laughs> so, but anyway, so <clears throat> right now, so either you're in your living room, TV room, bedroom, someplace. But we all, um, this process is how we naturally see. Okay. Not a big deal. It's just you need to understand that's the deal. Now, with the understanding, um, a lot of us have said, um, hey, I want to have an open-eyed vision, and I want to see the things that you name your favorite speaker, or your favorite friend, or your favorite prophetic person, or your favorite whoever. You know, I too, you know, we say this, I want to see uh, angels with my eyes. I want to see kingdom things with my eyes. I, I, I. Well, um, let me tell you something about that. If you see angels or any other entity that abides in the non-physical realm, well, yes, you can, but if you long for that and build that up, um, all you're doing is actually hindering your faith. Because when you, when you spend your time in the kingdom of God, because you'll spend more time in heaven after your earth time, um, you're actually, um, um, you'll hinder your faith because we live by faith and not by stuff that we actually see. And so um, our great, verbal claims and our secret desires of seeing things with our naked eye you know i don't want to see it with my imagination i don't want to see the spirit i want to see my eye all you're doing is really exalting your your natural but the one that you're going to live with forever is not natural god is a spirit and uh, when you're in his presence you use your spirit senses right and so we can use those now and not wait till then and so uh, some of us have actually spent a lot of time um, having you know, wrong longings, wrong desires, and actually put a lot of effort in the wrong place. Um, and so I was pondering that one day, and I thought, well, God, you know, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I, I ask one of those, are you sure questions. But um, so earlier, th- nah, anyway, sometime in the last 12 months, uh, I, was, I did a teaching on Enoch. And when I was doing that, uh, the script- So there's a scripture, don't mind the dog commercial we just had. So there's a scripture in Genesis 5 about Enoch. 
And Enoch, um, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. And when I read that this one time, um, the, uh, the Lord goes, yep, he walked with me um, for 300 years and he didn't see me. I thought, surely he did because I don't walk with anyone unless I see them, right? But, you know, in, in the Hall of Fame book chapter in Hebrews, it talks about that Enoch, you know, walked with God, um, but the Lord told me he didn't see him. And so and I thought, that's kind of, you know, I thought if I got to some place in some level of maturity that, you know, I'd get so mature and I'd be like the with the big guys and some of the big girls, and I would be seeing the Enochs and the Elijahs and then the, all these people, and I'd see them by understanding. I wouldn't see them in the imagination. I wouldn't see them in the spirit. I would see them for real. And we say that word, I want to see them for real, right? Those magic words, for real. And so don't exalt that. But here's what I heard. Um, if you focus your time, if, you, if, if time is your focus, you'll, you won't see the word. You'll see the calendar and you'll get frustrated because you'll be like, man, I never, I haven't seen things. And, you know, don't get in the comparison game. But if, you're, if you focus your desire on him, time won't matter. Uh, and you won't be concerned about having to testify to your friends that, you know, the uh, Enoch walked in your room and you can describe them. That's not, I mean, it's not important. The important is the encounter, not the uh, visual validation, okay? So let me say it again. It does not matter what you see. What matters is what happened in the encounter. What was trans? What was? What? Would, what about you? Was changed? What was deposited? What? What you see does not help your transfiguration, right? And I'm telling you, if you if you look to see something, you might miss everything the Father wants to do with you. And if we get to where we're like Enoch, that it's not about I saw God for 300 years, but I walked with Him, I experienced Him, I was acquainted with Him. I was acquainted with him so much. I it, he said, "Hey, come with me," and um, you know, you live for 365 years, which is what Enoch lived for. Um, he didn't start walking with the Father until he was 65 years old, um, after he had his son Methuselah, and then he started having this time with the Father. It doesn't say how long of those 300 years he walked. You know how much in, the, in his day, but it was 300 years. Um, the focus isn't, um, I, again, I saw him, I saw, I saw, I saw. You even read his book. I think if we start living for him, then we'll see what we need to see. But if you start looking, if you start living to see something, you're going to miss out on, on everything. So we're not going to be that group. Yeah. Um, in the notes or in reality, so when a baby is born in the natural, um, and the whole process of, of, of seeing is, is a process, right? It starts with, uh, you know, the kid's eyes are kind of uh, foggy and, uh, and they get clearer, right? And the same thing in the spirit. And so um, what happens is when we first find out people see stuff, we get like, well, I want to see too. And then we get these, uh, with, uh, well, some are false expectations. They're, they're expectations, right? The cool thing about little kids, they don't have any expectations. They just keep looking, right? And so that's what I encourage us to, that we would 
put off the expectations, you know. Um, you know, my, I, you know, it's a real angel if I see him eight feet tall and he's wearing a white robe and a blue sash because I heard someone say angels wear white robes and blue sashes. Um, if you put that in your brain, um, if an angel shows up any other way than what you've programmed yourself, then you will miss that angelic encounter. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll reject it and you'll miss his message because he's not dressed like you thought, right? So do, do your best to lay all it aside because it's not about what they look like. It's about the message and the encounter, right? And I'm telling you, all the little stuff that we put in our brains about how it's going to be um, and what we've heard, stop comparing. And it, it, it hinders you, actually. So anyway, but the key thing is you want to stay in, in the process, right? Um, as you continue to engage with the kingdom, with all the citizens, and you're open to see the Father, and you're open to engage with the Holy Spirit, you're open to see Jesus, you're not afraid of anything from the kingdom. As you stay open, then um, your encounters will increase, right? But it starts with you being open and staying a part of the journey, right? Not a journey just to see so you can say, um, I saw, but stay on the journey so you can say, I've been changed. You know, I was this way, now I'm totally different. What happened? Well, so-and-so came in the room. Well, that's not the point. Yeah, he was there, but what happened is my heart was changed. My, I think differently. I have different desires. I have a different longings, you know. We need to be transformed and transfigured, just not have a nice uh, memory. Memories are nice, but memories don't change you, right? Um, uh, I, I, our, our church that I attend... Um, um, I got there because the Lord said I was spiritually ignorant, which I didn't like. Um, but he was right, and I wasn't right. But I was having a conversation with a, a lady who had joined the church about a year and a half, maybe two years after I had joined. She had her own youth group. She had like seven kids and a husband. So, neat family. Anyway, we were talking about seeing, and, and she had pretty much, like me, had given up on seeing she had, she had resolved that uh, I just can't see. I tried, you know. We, you know, and these words are, are what we do. Uh, so it's, you know, the common thing. I tried to see. I looked and looked. I believe. I see. I just can't see. Everyone else is seeing, or my group is seeing. The guys on TV are seeing. The guys on CDs are seeing. The guys on DVDs. The guys on YouTube. They're all seeing, except for me. What is it, Wally? Why can't I see? And I'm looking at this lady, going, "I have no idea." And I didn't have an idea. I just smiled and said, "Well, let's let's start the. Thank you for the cookies, you know, because when we went to a youth group at our house, it was nice spread. Anyway, so I'm like. And I was thinking, well, Lord, how come? Because I was, I'd been where she was just a, a year earlier, and I'd kind of forgotten my little whiny speech. But I was, I was asking the Lord um, why she couldn't see, and the Lord gave me this um, kind of illustration, and it was like He reminded me, you know, um, just like in the natural, when you walk into when you walk into a, a dark room. Uh, if you walk, if you walk from a, you know, from I don't know, outside into a dark room, um, if you step in the dark room, 
your eyes wide open and you're there for only you know two seconds your eyes do not adjust to the darkness and if you step out of the room you could say man i went in the room it's dark i can't see anything but if you go in the room and you stand there for a moment um and it's not a you know a black uh, a, a photographic room where you're you know doing film or x-ray stuff but it's a normal room there is some measure of light in that room and your eyes will adjust to where you can you know make it to the room without bumping into stuff that where you can see the outline of objects that you can be more acquainted with what's in the room and the lord was saying that to me too that for this lady she had stepped into the kingdom the spirit realm she was not used to seeing in the spirit realm so she stepped in waited one second and said since I don't see anything, I'm stepping out. So she'd step out and then verify again, yeah, I can't see in the, in the kingdom. And then she wouldn't go back again because she had her one second in interaction. Based on the one second, she didn't let her spiritual eyes adjust because she wasn't, had not exercised her spiritual eyes. Therefore, she had made the conclusion that she could not see and that's the conclusion that a lot of us do. We go, I looked one time, I didn't see anything, therefore I can't see. And we're not going to make those conclusions anymore. Yep. So there's, there's another type of scene, um, and that is with, uh, um, in our dynamics here, there is... Uh, you, and that, that is uh, our imagination. So I'm going to talk about three types, our natural eyes, our imagination, our spirit eyes, right? So uh, imagination's got a kind of, a, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, you know, you weren't allowed to do anything with your imagination. Now it's, we've gone the other area where it's all imagination. And I want to kind of put it back mm, in, a, in a God-centric type thingy, right? And we use words like... Uh, redeemed imagination or um, all kind of you know fun things like that um, but let me say that uh, the Lord himself values or has put, he's put a value or esteemed imagination in Genesis 6 verse 5 it says the Lord saw the wickedness of the of people where man was great on the earth and that every imagination and intention of all human thinking was only on evil continually. So when the Lord was looking out stuff and about to do the flood thinking, he, he, he had two metrics, right? It was, one of them was imagination, other one was intention. Now when I teach on um, drumming, I, I, I talk a lot about intention, right? But for this one, we're talking about imagination, right? So, so he was measuring uh, what was going on by what people were imagining and what people were in had intentions on, right? So he placed a value on imagination. So I'd ask you, what do, do you place a value on your imagination or do you put it into the what you've heard your you know, parents say or people say, oh, your imagination, oh, put it away. <laughs> and and I was that way. I had an active imagination. Um, my parents didn't, so they didn't value it, so they taught me to devalue it too. 
And I'm just saying to you that the Lord value has a places of value on it. And I think we need to relook at the value we place on imagination. Later on in Genesis, Genesis 11, verse 6, um, uh, the King James, it says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And this is when they were doing the um, building the, uh, the tower of Babylon. They have all one language, and this they be, and and this thing that they begin to do. Nothing will be restrained from them. Nothing which they have imagined to do. So you know, the so Lord just you know is not talking about intention and imagination. He says, "Whoa, these guys are united in one vision in an in an imagination. Nothing can stop them because they've imagined to do it." So. So again, the Lord himself um, has placed a great value on the power of your imagination. So he values it and he realizes the power of it. Now, I would tell you, if God is doing that, if God says imagination is, is a valuable metric and it's powerful, then we need to agree with him and say, yeah, uh, wow, imagination, there's a, there's a place for imagination. And I would just, you know, hold it there and go, wow, okay, imagination has something. So we're going to jump to, again, the dynamics. We're going to go into the spirit eyes, right? And again, the key thing is every source here, it's all hitting the same same piece of your brain, right? Uh, uh, yeah, so that's just true. So um, where's my Bible? Who has my Bible? Well, if you got a Bible with you, uh, or on your computer, you should turn to Genesis 18. Uh, let's look at verse 2. And if you don't have a Bible with you, I won't know it. Well, actually, I could find out. But um, Genesis 18:2. And I'm sorry, I should tell you this earlier. So, you know, pencil and pen or pen and paper is good to have. Um, the material that uh, you guys have downloaded or will download. Um, sure, you, you can you can teach off of it. It's not uh, it's not best just to hand. Well, you can you can hand it off. There's nothing here that hurt anybody. So yeah, feel free to pass it out. And and if someone gets it and they have a question about it, you know, I have no problem. You know, them pinging me and say, hey, you know, someone gave me this document. Explain it. You know, so we'll do that. So feel free. But for here, um, I did recommend or. And I recommend it's not a harsh one, hard one. Um, it's good to write on. Um, that's what I do with my notes. I print them out, and I write on them, and I change them. So whatever you have in front of you was the the real deal when I wrote it. It was the best that I had. But every time I I delve deeper, um, uh, I get more. So. I'm sharing with you for the latest level of revelation that um, I had. But when I, it was level one when you guys got it originally. So anyway, and the people that I do this next class for next week or whenever, they'll have a wholly different one. Anyway, so hopefully you're now at Genesis 18, verse 2. Let me read this. He lifted up his eyes and looked. And this is Abraham. Lift, you know, Abraham's at his home tent. Uh, he lifted up, lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood a little distance from him. And he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Um, and the three men he saw were was God and two two guys that are hanging out with him. 
Um, who were those two guys? Who knows? They, I think they're sons of God, and I think you know, after Earth time, we're going to be popping in with the Father on different places. So that's what I think. That was a preview of, you know, the Lord's traveling buddies, right? But anyway, so the, the the thing is, is we um, get to do our part, right? Our part is to actually believe that we can see, right? We need to engage our spirit. We need to lift up our eyes. I believe, and I've heard taught, so not everything I've heard taught I believe, but I've not only believed, but I've heard it taught, that when when you look in the Old Testament and they talk about lifting up their eyes, they're uh, disengaging from the natural and engaging the spirit realm. Whether that's true or not, I can tell you that you can do that. You can. Um, you have uh, the authority over yourself. You can uh, engage your spirit eyes, or you can engage your natural eyes, or you can engage your imagination. Now, I just kind of redid definitions there, uh, but you have the ability to um, choose um, which source uh, do you want to be playing on your back of your brain on that two by two screen in your head you can pick uh, what image what source of image you want to have there so you can do the thing of only looking in the spirit when you go to church you can do the thing of only listening to the spirit when i'm soaking or you can do the thing of wow the lord said he seated me in heavenly places and there's no scripture that says he took me out of those places so i have the I have the position to look around from my place in Jesus and also look from my place in my kitchen table. Wow, if he did that, I had the capacity to look into two realms at one time. Wow, I'm the only creation that can do that. Matter of fact, angels can't look in two places at one time. That's a bonus deal there. Um, But we can't. But... Well, if we can do that, how come I'm not seeing it right now? Because, first of all, you don't believe it. we got to believe it, that's for sure. Or you've not exercised uh, your your senses. And for simplicity, I would just say that we have you know, the same five or six senses you have in the natural. You probably have those same in the spirit. And um, when you're on earth, you, by default, uh, work on um, all of your natural things. But when you come into the kingdom, we need to work on our spiritual senses, right? And and, and one of the things we need to do is, is the big part is believe, right? Second Corinthians four eighteen says, um, uh, "Since we consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the things that are unseen." That's that's trippy. How can we look at things which are not seen? You know, that's like saying, okay. I'm going to drive my car without car keys. That's not possible. I'm going to see things which can't be seen. Well, we can do that because we're not limited by physical laws. Unless you want to be limited by physical laws. <laughs> and that's a trip. So I'm, I give you all permission not to be limited. But we need to start practicing not being limited. Because most of our lives, we have put laws on, our, on ourselves because we wanted to be a part 
of the human race and humankind. And so I've been playing with the, the thought of, I don't think there's a scripture that says that I'm human. There are more scriptures that say that I'm something different, something new. And I want to live under those laws that are for those new creations in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, I want to live on, I, it's the only place to learn those laws is not on earth. It's in heaven. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. But, um, and, and I think a, a lot of the reasons why we're not uh, strong in our spiritual senses because our spirit man isn't that strong. And, and, and just simplicity, it's just true, it's just true. You can build up your spirit man by praying in tongues. And I guarantee you, you if you start praying in tongues more than you, you pr- talk in English, uh, your spirit man will get stronger. I used to do that. I mean, there's you know, something that's bad about teaching or people who talk. They don't share their foundation. And we make, you know, we listen to these people talk and we assume that, okay, I've gone to their conference. I listened to Wally's new mystic Skype teaching. And I know I listened to his tape three times, and um, I can do what he does. Well, by faith, yes, you can, but do you have the same background? You know, um, have you spent weekends? Have you, you know, taken the time uh, and gone away for a weekend into a cheap hotel? Because I was in college and did this in a cheap hotel, stayed there, turned the TV off, and just meditated and spoken tongues for the weekend. There's stuff that, you know, we, you know I've, I've done stuff in my history that's given me a foundation. It doesn't make me special. It just says I've done some preparation, right? And so I encourage you guys not to take anything at face value that you, you know, taste, exercise, try stuff, right? Some things will work for you. Some things that you hear from teachers uh, won't work for you. They work for them because of their background. And... I, I, you know, I, I'm trying not to be guilty of the things that I've heard other people teach. Like, and I'm going to tell you, you know, you've got to do what's on your scroll or what works for you. Now, there's some, some mainstays, right? Um, but there are certain things. I used to. The analogy is, I used to work at a fitness store, and um, and sold fitness equipment and gave you know fitness evaluations and, and consultation which meant I read all of these, you know, how to be bigger than Arnold books and stuff, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so, but the thing is, when you start doing these exercises, people buy these magazines because they see the person, they see the male or female on the cover, and they say, I want to look like her or look like him, and they think they can just do their exercises. But the, the, the exercises they do um, make their body, or in our case, our spirit respond in a certain way. And I found that what works for Ian doesn't necessarily work for Wally, right? But what I will do is I'll do everything Ian said. I'll go, okay, all right, I've done this for uh, eight months. No result. Hmm. Oh, Father, you know, and I'll point, Ian does this. How come this isn't working? And the Lord will go, well, because, you know, you're doing this, 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 this correct. But there's one part. An example. One day I was uh, I was going to a worship event, 
and um, I forget what happened. I was, you know, so where I live, I was going into downtown D.C. And so, anyway, so I, I got there, had them all my gear, and I was going to my front row spot. And this idea popped in. I think it was a it was, it was a it was a good idea. It was a it was a son of God idea. And the idea was, huh? I, and I don't know where how it originated, but I liked it. The idea was, hey, Lord, what is stopping me? I want to I want to turn invisible right now. And um, I didn't have a purpose, but I I wanted to. And then I and I I don't know boldly or I don't know I I asked the Lord. Lord, I want to turn invisible right now. And the Lord said to me, Well, there's only one thing keeping you from turning invisible. To my shock, it was only one thing. And because I thought he'd say there was 20,000 things or 1 million things because in my previous I'm afraid of God relationship or my I'm not perfect view of myself relationship or I'm not good enough or all the I'm nots, you know, I had my own list of reasons why I couldn't do things. But in this moment in time, for this, you know, I had never turned invisible before. So, so this one encounter, I said, Father, I want to turn invisible. He says, there's one thing keeping you away. And I thought, only one? Oh, so I, was, I was excited for a minute. And I thought, wait, what is the one thing that's keeping me from just, you know, snapping my fingers and being invisible? He says, you're afraid of what the people who are sitting behind you would, would do when you turned invisible and when you came back. I turned around and looked at these people, some I knew, some I didn't know, and I thought, man, I thought I dealt with all my fears, right? But the fear of uh, fear of man or fear of uh, what they say, fear of criticism, fear of being you know, accused, whatever those fears were, that fear uh, was stop was the one thing that stopped me from doing something I don't know I thought would be fun so um, and so everyone has stuff right and that's why we're not supposed to compare ourselves to other people you know because you really don't know what's going on in their lives now there are some uh, people will, will demonstrate or show you some great things that you should adopt in your life right like you know my first time going to Ian Clayton deal I learned to step in step out right of course the first 20 steps in and steps out, I, I had zero faith. I was just standing up and doing a little tango dance, whatever. And I said, this is stupid. I'm standing up. I'm stepping in front of my drum. I'm stepping behind my drum. I have a large djembe. And I'm thinking, this is stupid. I'm stepping in front of my drum, behind my drum. And I'm saying, in front of my drum, behind my drum. Everyone else is like, I'm stepping in the kingdom. I'm now in ministry on earth. I'm stepping in the kingdom. I'm thinking, no, you're stepping two, fate, two steps in front of you. And then after a few of that, I thought, oh, I, we need to do this by faith. And then he talked about how he would, you know, mow his large property. I don't think it was actually his property, but this large property that, that he was maintaining. And I'm like, really? I've got to do that? Can I just, I just want to be there. <laughs> but, you know, years ago, the Lord told me, he says, like, um, and we're dealing with the topic of, of, of holiness and I finally decided that, okay, as a Christian, I should be holy. And I told the Lord, okay, I'll finally, I agree to your program. I'll be holy as you're holy. And, of course, my view of holiness was, you know, a very bad, dead-looking view. And so that's why it took me so long to agree. So I said, Lord, I'll do it. 
but make it quick. I want uh, the shortcut to holiness. Eller goes, there are no shortcuts, there are only long cuts. And I said, long cuts? Long cuts is not a word. And the Lord was trying to tell me that it's a process, right? And the process takes as long as, as really you want to take. Um, he, he's not in a hurry, but he's very thorough, right? And um, anyway, so there's no shortcuts to doing things in the kingdom, but the timing is really on, on us, okay? So, um, I've been babbling pretty, a lot pretty good there, and almost time for a break, but not yet. So, all that to say is, um, we talked about, uh, you know, we, the dynamic of the scene through our natural eyes, through our imagination, and also through our spirit, right? Now, hopefully you saw or you heard that the common denominator isn't the source of the image, but is the that little, uh, the place where the image is, is created. So that little, um, I don't know, it's not a television screen. The screen in your brain, your mind's eye, the plate, the fork, the two inch by two inch thing, that's the common denominator, right? Um, no matter the source, um, all sources, spirit source, imaginative source, uh, natural source, they're all being translated into energy, and they're all going through your brain, and then they're hitting um, that plate. There's actually two common denominators. One is that plate in your brain, and then your portion of your brain which processes it. And what we're talking about today, I want to focus on is not the plate, because you can't change the plate. But the thing you can change is the process. The processor is really a filter. It really is your belief system. Case in point, um, when I did not speak in tongues and I didn't think tongues were for me, I could not speak in tongues because my belief system, me, said, I don't believe in it, therefore I can't. So therefore my belief system filtered or stopped my ability. If you believe that you can't see, you cannot see because you've told yourself you wrote a little law in your brain, an image came in, and your brain compared the image with your law or belief system and said, okay, is this image legal to, um, to Wally Johnson? Is this image legal to Wally Johnson? Nope. He believes that uh, things with wings that hover or, as sorry, so, uh, flashing lights in the corner of your eye. Nope, not important, not valuable. Can't be God, can't be from the kingdom because angels are always big and always in front of you and have names like Gabriel. If it's not one of those categories, I dismiss it. So that's what the belief system does. Your belief system says yes and no to stuff. It says yes, you may appear on the screen or no, I'm dumping you. And so if your little brain system, which you've programmed, is saying with your knowledge or without your knowledge that the supernatural is not for you, well, that's why you're not seeing. Because somewhere along the line, you've told yourself or someone told you, you accepted their programming or their law, and you've kept that in your, in your little deal. So we need to condition and train our brain to value things in the kingdom. 
you're now a citizen of the kingdom. You've now been uh, invited to sit with the Father. You're now allowed to see him face to face. You're not going to die. You're allowed to engage with the Holy Spirit. You're allowed to, to, to talk and walk with Jesus. You're allowed to engage with multitudes, millions of angels. You're allowed to, to be with citizens who've gone before, citizens of the kingdom. You're allowed to be with the church of the firstborn. If you don't believe that, then you'll never engage with them. Now, I thought, well, if they want to, sh if Elijah wants to talk to me, he'll show up. Not if I don't believe he's there. <laughs> okay. It doesn't work that way. So what you believe matters. Okay. Let me say it again. What you believe matters a whole bunch. Okay. And you should, that's a good chant. What I believe matters. What I believe matters a lot. A whole lot. A lot, a lot. Okay. Know that, believe it, because it's true. What you believe matters a lot. So, what does that mean? You need to check your belief system. You need to do regular little, hey, what do I believe? What do I believe about God? What do I believe about the Holy Spirit? What do I believe about Facebook? What do I believe about TV? Is this stuff good for me or bad for me? Is spending time in the heavens good or bad? Should I spend more time in the heaven or spend more time on earth? Should I spend time in Florida or spend time on a planet? What's allowed? Am I allowed to go to planets? If you think you're not allowed to go to planets, you will never go. Okay? So, and then you need to realize all of your senses are, are available to see. You're, you know, in the natural, if you smell something good, an image appears in your brain. Okay? Um, it's all frequency, which is the wild thing. Everything's a frequency. Um, Spirit things are frequency, imagination things are frequency, natural things are frequency. It's all frequency, right? But again, it goes through your brain. So you've got to train and condition your brain to value spiritual things and to store it. You know, we only store things we think are important, very, very important. Some of us, you know, don't do the named, you know, we'll go to a conference and meet some people, have a wonderful, you know, week, three days, one day. Um, and forget their name. You don't forget their faces. Some people are, I'm a good face person. You know, I'll see your face. I will never forget your face. I have a hard time, you know, putting a face with a name unless I've done something with you. If I've been in a meeting and we've been rolling on the floor together or we ate after the meeting, I will remember your face and your name for a long, long, long time, right? Because um, I value that. I'll store that in my memory. And we need to work on the recall, right? Uh, we need to be able to, to uh, value images, spirit thingies. We need to memorize, memory, uh, store them, and we need to be able to recall them. One of the things that in good to do that is, um, um, is to, um, well, journaling, right? Um, it, it's, I've, my first journal, that was a real nice journal that my wife gave me, I didn't journal, so I actually gave it away, you know, even though I, you know, I don't say, I guess the Lord was, was wanting me to journal. I didn't know why. He wouldn't tell me why, so I didn't think it was him. And then I went to, we had a journaling class at my church, and it, it was so good, I gave the journal that my wife gave me to the guy who was teaching the class, because I thought he would use it, because I thought it was important to use a journal. But the... As I've, as I've tried to uh, make journaling a more part of my life, what I've found, when I take the effort 
to write down uh, a real encounter or an encounter I think was nice, whether it was a real encounter or imaginary encounter. Either way, when I valued it by writing it down, it seems like I'm giving myself permission for more. Okay. Um, I, I can't explain it yet, but all I know is looking back over time, I have more encounters now the more that I write down the ones I had in the past. So I think I'm building a foundation for more, right? Now, is that scripture? Oh, I should write this down. I'll write it down for the next group. But um, the one that talks about he uh, is one of those parables that Jesus gave, which I hated for, for many years now, but I'm now I think I'm getting a grasp. He who has a lot will be given more, okay? Um, he who doesn't have anything will be, will be given less. I always thought that was wrong, you know? I thought the guy who needs it needs more. But the Lord's real clear. says, if you have something, you get more. If you've got nothing, you get less. So maybe in this analogy of seeing and engaging the Spirit, if I take the time to either write down a dream or to write down an image I saw during worship, or during soaking, or during something, and go, and just take the time to write it down and go, God, was that you, or me, or whatever, but I want to, I want to press in, step in, I want to uh, journal or record things of you, so show me things, I'm going to show you that I think it's valuable, it's so valuable, I'm actually going to write it down and put it in a special notebook. <laughs> I say special, because, you know, I've got some journals that are really cool, they were just on sale, they have great covers, they were on sale at the bookstore. And other journals are just regular, you know, three-wing binder notebooks with the little college-bound, college rule thingy. But I think there's something about recording, right? Even more strong is reviewing what you record. I, I've, I've gone through my journals. Uh, matter of fact, my, my first book is really um, just um, excerpts from my journal. Right, so anyone who wants to write a book, start journaling, and you have all your book material. Okay, well, that's a little tip for the day. Um, yeah, revisit stuff. But the whole thing about seeing or getting used to um, again back to the word seeing from John three three amplified, being acquainted with. We need to immerse ourselves in His kingdom. We need not wait until we leave Earth. And that's our only option. We need to put a value on the kingdom and say, I want to go and spend time there. And anytime I get a glimpse, I'm going to write it down. Um, or will you be as bold to try to sketch it out? I've now gone from, well, my stick figures are still pretty sticky. But I add colors to them. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not an artist by any stretch, but I am, I'm not drawing for... Uh, anyone else. I'm drawing to put a picture with the image because I feel I feel like, and I'm noticing, it's exercising my senses if I try to um, sketch what I'm seeing. And then when I review it with the Lord, I'll point at my little notebook and I'll point to the image in my brain. And over years, the images that I'm seeing are getting clearer on paper, right? And then when I get really bold, I'll show my sketch to somebody and go, hey, have you seen this? You know, they'll go, what is that? <laughs> you know, and then I'll take it back. But what's funny is uh, 
uh, the more time that I'm, I'm, I'm exercising my spiritual abilities, the stronger they get. Day one, it was embarrassing. And so I've learned that I'd rather grow in the things of God than be just not growing at all and, being, and, and just be puny. I want to grow. And so um, you got to start. And I recommend starting. I recommend journaling. I recommend writing down everything you think you see and things you do see. Start writing it down. Okay. So that's kind of this, the, the dynamics piece there. Um, and it's really about, oh my gosh, the belief system. Um, there's a big word called neuroplasticity, which is just a big word for saying you have the ability as a human being or as a spiritual being, as a child of the king, you can change your brain. Okay, Neuroplasticity means you can change your brain. Um, and the way you change it is by giving it new experiences. That's why we go to conferences. That's why we, we step into heaven. That's why we practice. Every time that you, by faith, step into the kingdom, you're changing a pathway in your brain, and you're saying yes to the kingdom and no to the natural. Every time that you do something but you don't think you did anything, you're changing your brain. That's why you got to keep stepping in. That's why you got to stay in the journey. That's why you got to continue to look up at the sea. Don't go, I don't see, I'm not looking. No, you keep looking. Every time you keep looking, your brain's changing. Each time you step into the kingdom by faith, you're changing. You're changing. So keep on doing that. All right. Woohoo! One hour done. Okay. Any questions via typing or via verbal, you can be kind and um, go off mute if you have a microphone. If you don't have a microphone, um, you can type it out the question and we'll do our best to address it. Um, if you have no questions, we'll go on to the next session. This is not a uh, have nothing else to say time. This is a have lots to say time, but I want to pause to kind of make sure we are all caught up. So, we got a question. Come off my off mute and speak, or type. What? Keep going. Yeah, so I, I want to say that um, they're all the same, um, but, not, but not demeaning um, any of them. But when we, when we say seeing, we think eyes. When I'm, when I'm, what I want us to believe is when I say seeing, I want you to think hearing, taste, smell, touch, and intuition. All the same level of value. So I have friends that say they don't see, but they go, I have a strong sense that there is an eight-foot da-da-da-da-da. They start describing something that they sense, right? And that's their intuition. That is as valid as seeing it with any of your eyes, right? We, or at least I, have been really bad at saying, oh, that's this feeling. I don't want to hear a feeling. I want you to tell what you see. That's wrong. So seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting, sensing, intuition are all equal to seeing. How's that? Anna? Yeah. And again, 
Beca because of vocabulary and because of uh, how Western we are or how uh, bad thing, how male we are, males are very com compartmental, you know, we will, we will maximize on one thing. Yes, we all need to see, see, and we'll say the word see, 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 but it's not about seeing, it's about engaging. When we engage, every part of us is engaged, right? And so we need to strengthen all of those, but not belittle any of them, right? It's, there are some people that are like, well, you know, I know God's here, and if you ask them, how do you know? Well, I just, I smell, and, they, and then they're embarrassed. Oh, I'm sorry, I only smell, I'm not a seer. Well, why are they embarrassed? Because we talk about seeing like it's the, we worship it. We're not supposed to be worshiping in a sense, right? But we do, and, you know, so we all need to repent and apologize. But they're all valid. That's a key thing. You need to tell yourself, if, if you know there are angels in the room, but you can't see them, it's okay, right? And you need to acknowledge them. My first engagement with angels was... Me in a dim room talking to them by faith. And then months later, I, I started glimpsing of them. And then months later, I'm having conversations with them. Instead of one way, it was two way, you know. But it's got to start, right? And the starting part is validating your senses and saying, you're all, I, I, I approve of you eyes. I approve of you nose. I approve of you ears. Yes, I haven't heard any ear, I haven't heard any taste in my hat, but... Tell yourself, if you haven't heard any uh, testimonies of taste or whatever, whatever other senses, say, well, it doesn't matter. I validate all of you, and we're all engaging, and whoever sees, senses God first wins or whatever. You know, it's all good, right? Because we only get stronger in all this. Okay, got a question. I love how much the word, the word valued comes to the table. Honor is really important in the kingdom of God. That's a statement. Good. All right. Anybody else? Questions? Ah, uh, come on. Terry, write something down. Georgia people, Washington State people, North Carolina people, Florida people, Midwest people. Right. Uh, that was a very good question, Anna, by the way. Who's in California? East meets West. Okay. We've got no questions. Okay. Sure.
behind me, your opinions, and uh, you know that brings you to a place. I think it's a whole new level. Though I am still, you know, Lord, I want to see, you know, and, and I do see. But uh, it just there are different seasons. Can you share some of that area where you have been through those seasons where you know one time it's open distance, you know, really big way, and then it's just like it's a little bit, but you go to another area. It's like the, the Lord inviting you to explore it. Okay. Yeah. So for the the tape people, um, the um, the question was, you know, um, seasons, right? Um, so you know, one season you're seeing everything. Next season, you're smelling. Next season, you're feeling. Next season, nothing, right? Which we hate those seasons, right? Um, what is what is that? Well, f- part of it, um, a, 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 definitely in the West, part of it is is bad teaching. Okay. Um, we are told there are seasons. Um, I don't think they are seasons, but we're told that, in our, and we like hearing that, right? Um, but what we need to realize is, uh, and then here in the West, we, we, we value things which God doesn't value, right? Um, for example, we go to a group, you know, and, and you got the seer people, and we'll spend time with them because they are, sharing and they're outgoing and they're telling what they see meanwhile someone over in the corner is is they're seeing but they don't tell anybody what they see so we think oh they're not talking to them, so maybe they're, we devalue them right so but if we start focusing on the relationship right um that helps right because it's not about what we see or don't see whatever it's about what what is god doing you know are we on his agenda now my agenda is Okay, God, tomorrow I want to trans-relocate. If I'm not trans-relocating in the next three months, then I must not be growing. That's not, that's not the agenda, right? So on that real quick, um, I, had a, I had a time where uh, a, few New Year Eve, a few New Year Eves ago, not this year, 2014, not 2013, maybe, two, maybe 2013, yeah. And I was, we were there for a night of prayer, and uh, I was at... Literally at the altar, and I was reading, and I was reading that scripture about, you know, it says, uh, 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 you know, uh, they speak in tongues, and they cast out devils, and uh, but I never knew them, so, um, you know, be gone with you. And I'm reading that chapter, and I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, I cast out devils, you know, and I thought that was great. And I speak in tongues, so, yep, that's really good. I'm a giant... And I heal the sick. Yep, I do that. And I and I read through the whole list, and I got down to, but they, I, I don't know them. And I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me the things which people know me by are not important to you. And I would translate to that. Well, there was a season of lots of deliverance. I had a season where I had lots of healing. I had a season where I did these things, all these things I was doing, you know that I was a part of weren't the thing that was important to the Father in that verse. And I thought, oh my gosh, the things which are important to you aren't important to me. Uh-oh. And so we need to get, we need to always stay on track of it's about what's important to the Father, not what's going on in our fellowship, not what's going on in our family, 
not even what's going on in our, our environment. Sometimes when we change environments, that affects what's going on because there's actually more resistance or less resistance to stuff going on. And if we view it from our, our perspective, we'll try to put, give a reason to it. And there is, there may not be a reason, okay? But we will make one up because, you know, at least I like to have reasons for everything, you know, what's going on. But what I need to do is stop reasoning and just ask the Father, what's going on, you know? But the thing that I know for a fact is he'll never take back his love from me, right? And I don't need to see, touch, all the stuff. I need, I need him, right? And I know that that would never go away. Um, what he's given me as him and what I can give him, right? But I, I've been one that's tried to, you know, like, well, how come I'm not doing this, you know? I need to stop doing and just being in him. So I hope that kind of addresses uh, that to you, okay? Oh, thank you. Good question. Um, so, only the West Coast has questions. That's fine with me. Okay. But we can go for Wait. We have an East Coast question coming in or a comment. I'm watching the pencil move. I'm being very patient. I'm praying in the spirits. I'm asking for some external help here. All right. He's writing a lot. You guys better be ready. Spirit of wisdom, come on down. But um, it, you know, so questions are good. There's not a, there's never a bad question. Um, and, and remember, we're all growing, right? We need to be encouraging to ourselves, right? Um, hopefully, we all love love ourselves, which is good, and um, we honor the things of the kingdom. Um, what are the most common barriers to seeing? That's in the notes. We're, we're gonna get to there. <laughs> I've listed them by strength. Well, actually, they're, you know, we'll get there in a moment. We're about to go some bonus materials. Actually, in, in, the, in the thing that I've provided most people, we get to the barriers, but I've got a bonus section here that the Lord kind of you know, kept me awake last night so that uh, I think it's for you guys. But um, we will address barriers in in the next uh, 30 minutes. And, um, and I, I think I've captured the most common. And um, we may get some new ones um, from you guys, but I, I believe I have the common ones that we'll address shortly. But great question. And we'll, not only will we address the barriers, but we'll, we'll address the things which will remove those barriers. Okay. Can you go into more detail on the imagination? Sure. So, people like uh, the thing about the imagination is uh, what I what I hit on it. So, we need to value, <clears throat> we need to to uh, appreciate or esteem our imagination the same way the Father does. Okay. And we need to see how powerful our imagination is the same way the Father does. Now, if we do the analogy that our imagination is a loaded gun or a fast car or a you know, powerful locomotive, it means it could be powerful for destruction or powerful for good, right? Um, some environments we grow up and people are encouraged to, to build their imagination. Um, I would say, and what I, and, and there, there, you know, there's, 
you know, uh, the, the controversial thing. There are people that um, uh, nicely say, nicely say, teach, and lead that um, use your imagination to imagine uh, uh, things in the kingdom, uh, read a scripture, listen to a testimony, and get that in your imagination, and then explore it in your imagination, and that's good. And, and I would say, amen, that is good. But don't stop there. What I will say is this. Use the powerful, very valuable uh, tool that the Father put in you to condition your brain to accept spiritual encounters. Okay? Now, if you use your imagination as a stepping stool to go into the Spirit... That's how I believe it's supposed to be, right? Um, Walt Disney, okay, uh, to build something amazing on planet Earth, uh, Disneyland, or he wasn't alive for Disney World. Uh, he was alive for Disneyland. But he laid, he laid out his vision, which came out of his imagination, on a little, uh, a big table, right? And um, um, when he... Uh, he wasn't there for, I think he wasn't alive when um, uh, Disney World was completed. Um, and so they interviewed his wife on opening day and someone said, Wow, don't you wish uh, Walt was alive to see the fruit of his labors? And his wife said, Excuse me, he saw this already. Okay. Imagination is powerful. Okay. Now, is... Is the imagination, here's the real deal, is the imagination a substitute for the kingdom? No. But can you be transformed by something you experience in your imagination? Yes. Okay. Can that transformation be everlasting or last for a long time? No. So if you, in your imagination... You know, if you have, uh, uh, you learn a lesson in your imagination, right? You learned a lesson, okay? In your imagination, dream or a daydream where you, where you control your imagination and you see yourself, uh, for, for me, in my imagination, uh, for, for most of the years I played football from age six through college, I would imagine myself uh, in every aspect of the game uh, that I play, and I would never be hurt. And imagine that I was never hurt in from playing football from six years old through um, uh, college for a, a, a national power. You know, so sixteen, uh, six years old through uh, twenty-one, fifteen, sixteen years, never injured. Okay. Um, for all the years of consciousness, I mean, when I was six, I didn't think about it, but when I, as far back as I can think of, I would watch myself tackle people. I'd watch myself uh, run the ball. I'd watch myself score. I'd watch myself do that in my imagination. And amazingly, I would do what I saw, right? Now, what if I start, in my imagination, seeing myself flying, Right? Um, in the natural, which my imagination, my imagination uh, can, can stay with natural laws or it can adopt spiritual laws, right? So in my imagination, I can see myself uh, 
engaging with angels. And so what it does for me, it allows me to break the natural laws, which I accepted early on, and I can see myself doing something in the spirit. Now what I need to do after that, once I'm okay with myself doing spiritual things, whether it be raising the dead or talking to Father God in my imagination, I now need to do that by faith in the spirit. Okay, If I... But I can stay in my imagination or I can go beyond my imagination. And that's what I'm talking about. But I'm not saying just skip your imagination. Some people cannot go from shaking hands with their boss to shaking hands with God. They're not going to do that. They need to see themselves in their mind's eye, in their imagination, actually touching the king of kings, right? If they cannot see themselves doing it in the imagination, they will never do it in the spirit, okay? Because you're a threefold being. You need to be able to see yourself doing certain things. So if you let your imagination be your bridge to things in the kingdom, you'll start operating in the kingdom as you saw yourself doing it in your imagination. Is that enough detail on imagination? Imagination is where you get to practice, right? And it, like I could have my own, in my imagination, I would have conversations with my angels, right? In my imagination, which is, I have a very sharp brain, I would get, I would, I would do some fake responses. Okay, this is being real open. And I would go, yes, I'm angel number two, and I think you're right, you're right Wally, we can, we can have a good outreach tomorrow. And I go, what do you think, angel number three? <laughs> So in my imagination, I didn't want to go too far and give them names. And I would say angels one, and I only did with five. I could only imagine five in my dad's living room. Now I can imagine more, but I only imagine five. So I'd go around the room, and in my imagination, I'd say, so you, what do you have to say? Are you going to be, are you going to keep the demons away? And I'd have this, you know, in my imagination conversation. And I would go, well, and I knew it was my imagination. It wasn't like, that was really angels. No, it's my imagination. Okay, so years later, and it's in my book. When I have conversations with spiritual beings, the interaction is a higher level of complexity than what my imagination can create. Right? In my imagination, I know what my capacity is. In the spirit, when I get an answer that's way beyond what I know, that tells me that ooh, somehow I crossed over. Okay, that's the difference. In some situations, because we 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 don't um, press in, our encounters are the same level as our imagination, because we're playing it safe, right? But if we if we keep pressing in and pursuing the Father, we'll get to a place where this is way beyond my thoughts or my imagination. Then we have to believe it. Then we even go further, right? And that further area is, do you need validation from your experiences? Do you need validations even from, dare I say, the Bible? Do you need validation from your pastor? Do you need validation from your authority? Or are you in a place where you know that God is a spirit and God who is a spirit is the validator of your experience? Now, again, I'm not anti-church, anti-pastor, anti-those people, but that's the journey, how you go from natural living to you know imagination aided living 
to walking in the spirit where the only one validating your experience is the Father. And when you get to that place, you don't care if you validate it, you, you personally, or your friends validate it, or your family validates it, or anyone validates it. You know what's true because of the relationship you have. How's that for detail? Yay. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's scary because, I mean, in my own deal, you know, I wrote down, you know, you know Wally, um, New Mystic, um, uh, there are no seven spirits. I don't care. I read your story. Very entertaining. This is, a, I'm quoting people. Very entertaining. I go, okay, cool. You know, uh, there are not seven spirits. I go, okay, I don't need, I don't need, and I don't, I, not in the mean way. And I go, okay, if you don't believe that I know seven spirits, I'm fine with that. And I tell people this, if you want to call them my seven imaginations, I'm cool. That doesn't change what I had. And more important, it doesn't change what changed me. So if you want to believe that seven imaginary adventures that I had changed my life, cool. If I want to believe that the seven imaginations are seven entities, okay, it doesn't matter, right? Because both me and, and the people happen to both believe that there is a God who they've not seen and, and they think it's only in my imagination. And I'm okay with that. So I guess my imagination is for me and not against me. And their imagination is not even playing, right? So, but if I get, if I want to stay at the, um, is this my imagination? Is this a spirit? And John, what do you think? Well, John may n- not know who he is and be very insecure, right? And so now I've got his insecurity in my life with my own insecurities. And that's even, that's worse, right? So, but if we're allowed to build a relationship with the living God who is invisible, right? And if, you know, and honestly, in reality, if we, if we need the security of someone going, oh, Wally, you're great. We read your books and we believe that you had those encounters. And because we believe that, you're special. Now, if I want to feel special because three old ladies liked my books and gave me great kudos, then my foundation in my life is based on three old ladies and my imagination, right? And my life will reflect my foundation, okay? This is the real test. So if I'm living beyond the faith <laughs> and support of three old ladies, you know, offense when there's an old lady out there, then that's all I got. But if, if you look at my life, and, you know, and we're, we all judge people, you know, but if you or them are seeing like not only fruit and something you can't explain, Huh, then all you can do is go, well, there's something there that's not based on a natural thing. Why is he not afraid, you know, of X, Y, and Z, or whatever you're afraid of? And so, it, and we're allowed, you know, it, we're allowed to compare that level because it's, it's good because if it causes it, if it motivates us to grow, right? Um, and so, you know, for me, you know, when, when I heard... You know, Ian has wild stories. The wild stories didn't motivate me to do much. But when he shared a little thing three years ago about his 
relationship with his church he goes to that he's been a part of for I think now 30 plus years that spoke to me I was like how can you be at a church that is not at the same belief level that you're at not wrong or right but it was just belief level you know and um, I was like wow well how do you function there and he shared how he functioned there and I said wow I would love to learn that lesson but I'm not I'm, I, I, I can't see myself creating that environment to learn the lesson he learned about character, if you will. Uh, he learned a lot, but I'll say character. And so to my surprise, and mostly shock, um, uh, a year and a half later, I was the exact, well, I was in the you know, exact same environment where I had to make, I was given the exact same choices to grow or to fold if you will and i was amazed that i was given the opportunity it was it was hard you know but it's exactly what i asked for i just couldn't believe that god could do it yeah i know i i said that i couldn't believe that god could do it but i'm telling you i couldn't believe he did it and he did it you know and i thought wow and i think i passed the test right i don't know i think i did i want to believe and i, I anyway so um, don't throw out your imagination. Uh, don't worship anyone else's imagination, <laughs> you know. And um, and and use your imagination the same way, that, uh, value it the same way that the Father values imagination, right? Uh, and 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 understand the power of imagination. Yes, there are people that have uh, an imaginary kingdom, and they're having an imaginary Jesus, an imaginary God. And that's for them, you know, don't try to change them. Just live your life. Let your life speak to them and don't argue with their imagination. Okay, this, that's a losing battle there because you'll get frustrated and say, you shouldn't be trusting your imagination, which God trusts your imagination. So that's not good. All right, where are we at here? Detail, good. All right, anybody else? That was a very good question. And someone's going to be very blessed, other than you, about that, because uh, it, you know, a lot more goes on than just uh, uh, um, our interaction with the, the people that are here on the call. That's that's the wild thing, how God uses that stuff. Okay, ready for more? Unless there's more questions, I'll count to ten. Wait, pencil's moving. Okay. So make sure I repeat these questions so that, um, oh, that's a more thumbs up. Cool. Okay. Here's some bonus stuff that's just for this group. And so you guys are so special. The Lord kept me awake. It was either the Lord or Mountain Dew. And um, they're both are very effective. But I'll use my imagination and say it's God. And this is about purpose. Uh, we'll talk about the purpose of seeing, right? So the purpose of the seeing, whether it's with our eyes or ears or, or you know, again, or, you know, we're, renewing, we're renewing our mind to the fact that seeing is just not reserved to these senses. It's about knowing. It's about being acquainted. It's about uh, relationship, okay? Uh, it's about engagement, Okay. That John three um, verse that we talked about earlier, it's the um, again being knowing, 
but it's about experience, right? Isn't it cool? I mean, I grew up where you could not experience God. I mean, my it was kind of like, uh, can you know? No, 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 no. And they used to get, you don't want to know. He he did the salvation thingy just so you wouldn't go to hell. But that's it. You know, he's too busy. <laughs> but that's a lie that's been stomped out pretty good now. Anyway, okay. The purpose of this seeing part, the purpose of our engaging is so that we can be effective and active in every realm, okay? Uh, we're not going to limit the fact that I saw an angel and now I, I can go and sit Roth and I can get in the Elijah list. Actually, you can't do that. You can't, because I checked. <laughs> so, uh, to get on the Elijah list, you, you need to... Uh, uh, have something cool, and you need lots of verification. Even though you knew it was God, they want you to be in fellowship with lots of people that they know, and they can they can confirm your word. Sid Roth, you need to have something really cool and a book or two and a CD. All right, bonus stuff. Anyway, but we are going to be more mature in our scene. We're going to see, because you can see. Um, you all see. You just didn't know you were seeing. And your brain was throwing things out. So you all see. And it's a, more of a situation of perceiving. But our motive isn't so we can go tell people and have a great testimony. Our motive is to be effective and active in every realm that's available. Right? Um, we're not... Seeing is not believing. Seeing is our motivation for doing stuff. Right? Um, seeing is a birthright. Um, I see, you see, so that we can do something with our Father. Okay, that's why we see. That's what we want to see. Um, um, that's the reason, right? It's not about when I see. When, well, the sad thing is, people get promoted because they they said they saw something, right? Um, but we're not doing it for self promotion or people promotion. We're doing it because we want to be active. Our motivation is love. Okay, our motivation is to be with him, right? Now that you all know that you can be with the Father where he is, let's go for it, right? You all have permission to be with God, right? You all have permission not to not die and be with God, okay? You all have permission to be at work and do a great job at work and, and help your communities and be with the Father, Um you all have permission to be wonderful sons and daughters of the Most High, right? You all have permission to love Him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and everything else that I forgot. Um, so, uh, we'll look at a, th- a few scriptures here, so we can get in our in our brain and rewire ourselves that we're seeing so that we can be with our Papa, right? Uh, we're seeing so we can be effective and more effective. We're seen so we can be uh, uh, good citizens in the kingdom and not on um, the welfare system. <laughs> We're productive in the kingdom and not, wow, I made it. What do I do now? I'll just wait here in the outer courts. No, we are not, I don't talk to outer court believers. Okay, uh, If you're on this call, you're going in the inner court. You know, So... Yeah, you thought you were going to hang out, you know. Nope. You're going to be right next to him. Okay. Right where the action is. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, okay. Next story. First Kings 19, 2 through 3. This is one of those horrible stories, but it's true. Um, this is a story about um, Elijah just kicked some butt, right? He did the thing on the mountain, you know, one guy versus all of those other false prophets, you know. You guys go first, you know, do your chanting, do your sacrifice. But the first God who shows up with fire will worship that God. Everyone agree? Yeah. Everyone like the rules of the game. We enter the rules of engagement. Big team, go first. I'll go last. And uh, anyway, not only does, he, does God show up with fire, he kills them all. <laughs> so don't lose it. Never lose those kind of games. But so so he wipes out all of, of uh, Jezebel's prophets, right? So 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2. Then Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah and says, So let the gods do to me, small g, uh, gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of those that you smacked, no, that you did by tomorrow. So, translation, okay, look, you beheaded and killed and burned all my people. If I don't do this to you by tomorrow, then I'm going to kill myself. So this, this little messenger guy who knows what Elijah did and says, hey, Jezebel is going to do to you what you did to several hundred people, which, how did it make sense? But here's what, here's, here's what the word says, verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose. Wait a minute. Um, she did not send a YouTube video. She did not send a, okay, watch this film clip of what I'm going to do to you. He saw the words of the messenger. We do the same thing. We need to do the same thing. We need to use our imagination to see what the Father's saying. This will, this will really jumpstart your spirit life. If you start believing what's going on here. But he did it the wrong way. He stopped short at seeing the words of the enemy instead of seeing the words of the victor, which is his king, God, right? He tapped into the, the demonic revelation and reacted to the demonic vision that he saw instead of taking the demonic words and asking for the Father's words so he could see what the Father's doing. Okay? And that's what's going on now in our kingdom. You know, for example, we were, you know, we're, most of us spend a lot of time on the planet. And on our time on the planet, um, in this last few weeks, you know, we've got Washington State, you know, uh, mudslide goes down and, and you know, mud's everywhere and people are missing, right? So we, we hear verse 2, right? And then we see in our mind's eye mud and people dying, right? And then we go, wow, I feel bad for the people in Washington State. That is called natural living, and none of you are allowed to be natural anymore. What we're supposed to do, we hear the bad report, right? We lean not to the understanding of what we heard. We trust in the Lord, and we see what he would do about it, right? So last night, in my imagination, because I was provoked because of this thing here, I had heard the bad report about what was, you know, and I even looked at it on Facebook, about 100, and the one I looked at was 108 people missing from, uh, uh, from the mudslide. 
So in my imagination, wanting strongly to be in my spirit, but in my imagination, I saw myself rescuing people in the mudslide. Okay? In my imagination, I was flying and picking up people and doing all this stuff. I was doing that by faith in my imagination because that's what I want to do, right? I wanted to not react to the negative words from the TV, the words from the newspaper, words from the article um, in, face, uh, in Facebook where I'd read it. I wanted to apply this scripture and um, do what I think uh, the Father would have me do, right? So since I did not leave my room that I'm aware of, in my imagination, I said, I set my mind or my desires to, well, bad things happen. I'm here on this planet to make a difference. Uh, okay, still in the room? Okay, well, in my match, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice and get ready so that I'll respond the right way. The next time this happens, I'm giving myself permission to agree with the King of Kings to be a volunteer on assignment because the Bible says that my people will volunteer in the day of power. So I'll be ready for that deal. So let's practice now. If I'm asked to go rescue people across the country in a mudslide, I'm not going to say, I don't have a plane ticket. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, if God's asked me, I'm going to do it. Let's see how that looks. I saw myself in my imagination flying over there, looking at people who were going down the mud, getting them out. I saw myself going into houses where the mud's coming up deal and me flying them out the window. I saw myself responding to kids saying, my, my mom's downstairs. I said, hold on right there. I'm going to get you and your mom out of here. I saw myself taking kids and adults and putting them on safe places. I saw myself putting them in the wrong place and then going back and saying, I'm sorry, and moving to higher ground. Okay? That's what I did with my imagination. I was trying to use my imagination to do something good with it because I've done not so good things with my imagination, right? This is where fantasy, you know, our powerful imagination can make us feel certain things, right? You know, um, but why can't I use my powerful imagination to do something right and righteous? And maybe God will do more than what I'm thinking or imagining. That's scripture, right? So if I'm imagining myself flying around rescuing people and God has a verse in the New Testament that I can believe for that he will do more than I think or imagine, how's God going to, this is, you know, I'm putting a deal on God. God, you've got to do better than what my imagination imagined. So last night, I imagined me rescuing people out of the mudslide. So what's bigger than that? That's not my problem. That's his problem, right? Because he's the one that created imagination. He's the one that gave it to me, and I'm using it. And now I'm going to see my God do more than what I can do, because he's God, right? That's, so that's, and that's real. That was just last night, based on this verse, right? I was not going to react to the negative report and say, I'm helpless. None of you on this call are helpless. You're not victims, you're victors, Right? Um, earlier this week, you know, this whole deal with the uh, the missing plane deal, right? My wife said to me, rightly, wrongly, I th it was good. It was, a, it was a right challenge. She said, why don't you find the plane? I was like, so, the, so you know, if she had said it to me two years ago, I'd been like, why are you saying that? I, you know, I would, I would have gone into 
poor me, weak me, not a no ability me, you know. But my response was, hmm, I, I, I haven't set my heart on finding the people. So then that next night I'm thinking like, wow, do I not love the Malaysian people on that plane enough to believe or do? And the answer was, no, you've not set your heart on them. Huh. And I've learned over time that um, my heart, or the things I love or set my affection upon, is very, very critical or key to me doing something. I should be following my heart, but I, not, but I can place my heart on things. So I didn't do anything that day or that night. Uh, a few days later, um, um, I went into the kingdom and said, okay, I want this, I want, uh, uh, with my heart engaged and, and leaning on from understanding and trusting the Lord, I was, I, was, I, was, I was pulling away the covers of secrecy, secrecy. I was pulling away stuff, and I wanted it re- revealed, right? Because there was too much talk by believers and non-believers about just confusion, right? And so they were all adding to confusion. So with my authority and with my relationship um, and, and what I know, I acted on that at a, at a I think it was Monday. So, so again, in this example of, of seeing, um, Elijah saw the, the, the words. So he heard the words and images came in his brain, right? So we need to feed ourselves with the right words so the right images can come in our brain. And once the right images come in the brain, then that will give us motivation to do something with those images. Okay? So, um, so we, the key thing is we act on what we see. Jesus says, I only do, I see the Father doing. So the... Um, uh, the thing we need to make sure that we start um, um, seeing so we can do, right? And it's about that. So we, we act on what we see. So how do we act in the right way? Well, right actions come from right, right seeing. So on the plane thingy, what I, I didn't see the plane. Um, I did kind of repent for not engaging earlier. I kind of I went passive when the when the report came out when I heard the first report, and I kept pushing it off. And again, I didn't do anything about it until this week. And the only thing I had a heart to do was to to deal with confusion and doubt, and lack, and uh, and mystery and lying. So I, I addressed those things. Now, what I should have done also is now I should have checked the news to see the effects of my words and my activity. I didn't do that, most because I got busy with my work day and a little bit of preparation for, for this class. So when you, when you do things, you're allowed to check on that in the natural. Okay, So, um, so I didn't follow through on my example this year. I did partial. Okay. Um, yeah, that's good. Doo, 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 doo. Um, turn to, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Habakkuk. Um, I'm going to look at two things here. Um, uh, in Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk is in the Old Testament. 
And um, uh, I've been um, preparing. So uh, all of us should be, uh, you know, you know, working on our relationship. And so there's our relationship, and then I'm working on our relationship with the Father and stuff that He wants me to do, which I should be my main focus. And we have, I have a family, I have a wife and a daughter, and I need to spend more time, more quality time. There's not time, but quality time with them. So i got to be proactive in that, too. Um, and there's things which are, again, like also in the Father's heart that He wants us to do, right? And then there's just the world around us, right? We're not, uh, uh, we're, we're here for a reason. We're, or at least we're salt and we're light, right? So in Habakkuk chapter 1, um, uh, you can pencil this in, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. 1 through 4, he's like, you know, it says the burden, you know, Habakkuk the prophet saw. So verse 1, he's a seer, right? Verse 2, 3, and 4, He's seeing a mess, right? He's looking the front page news of a, of a big city and going, Lord, it's a mess up there. It's a mess up there. It's a mess up there. So hopefully you all know that if you see a mess, don't, don't call it a mess. All you're doing is the words out of your mouth are powerful. So if you see a problem, don't go, man, that's a problem. Don't do that. If you're in an area that's snowing a lot, do not agree with everyone. It's still snowing. It's still snowing. Don't add your faith, the power of your words. To that stuff. Hold your peace. But I want to skip down to verse 5. So just know verse 2, 3, and 4 is it's bad, right? And he's complaining. But the Lord answers and says, Look around. So wait a minute, I just well, I just looked. But there's a different looking, right? So there's seeing, and then there's seeing. <laughs> oh, there's sawing and, and looking. But there's a there's you can look at it from your perspective or his perspective. I'm telling you, we're all invited to engage from his perspective. Okay? It's a choice. Okay? Everyone who's born of God has a choice to look naturally or look from his perspective. And as we're growing up into him, um, uh, uh, in the day, you know, day one, it's, it's hard because you're so used to being natural. Uh, once you realize that you're not natural and you're a spirit being, it's easier, but not automatic. Uh, but but there's an option. There's looking what you see and then looking at it from his perspective. Verse 5 says, Look around, Habakkuk, among the nations and see, and be astonished. Be astounded, for I am putting into effect a work in your days that you would not believe if it were told you. Now, this verse here is, I believe it's going to, it's, it's happening all the time, but I think it's going to really, 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 really blow up here in this next uh, uh, Hebrew year. But, but right now, today, in your life, look at verse 5, looking at your circumstances. Every, you know, every little city in America, something's going on. Every little place that you're living at, um, you're there for a reason. Um, and you're there to make a difference there, right? It starts with seeing your surroundings on the way the Lord sees them, right? There's a big difference between verse 1 looking and verse 5 looking. And he tells you, um, look around the nations and be astounded. Well, he looked around in verses 2, 3, and 4, and he was like, uh, corruption, bad, iniquity, wrong, bad. 
injustice, unrighteousness. Lord, be real. It's bad out there. He says, whoa, hello. Look around the nations. Look again. Look to my eyes. Be astounded. And so, it, now, don't judge yourself for not seeing the way the Father sees. When that happens, all what we need to do is go, wow, Father, I believe that you're seeing something that I'm not seeing. And at this moment, I'm just going to go with a, I trust you in this, right? Which is always a safe way to go. Um, do not repeat what you're seeing the natural and just say, I'm leaning on you and um, I'll believe your report. Um, and I will say your report, even though I don't understand it. Do not let understanding be your God or your king, okay? Um, we've got to get to the place where, you know, you know, we, we used to be, you know, you know, if I see it, I'll believe it, you know, but seeing is not believing. When you see from his perspective, it allows you or gives you permission, uh, or a calling for a kingly son of God action. When you see things from his perspective, like Jesus did, and we're called to do the same thing, we're called to see things as he sees, as the Father sees them, then we can do as the Father does. That seeing gives us, empowers us, right? If you see something bad and you lock into it, you feel powerless and helpless and you feel bad. Wow, the fire took out and killed everybody. And you're like, man, Darn, they're all died, right? And you say to yourself, I wish I could have done something. Well, the father could do something. Yeah, it's too late. Well, did you check in with the father? When is it too late with him? Because he's outside of time. Is it possible to go back in time and do stuff? I think it is. Um... The keyboard's I think it is. <laughs> now, I need to know that it is so I can participate with it. But we all know that God is spirit and God's not bound by time. But there's a scripture says that we can be where he is. So, when I start really believing that, then I'll start acting on my beliefs and not just hoping. I'm kind of in the hope stage now. But the more I talk about it, the more I talk from God's perspective, the more I start believing that, the more that I believe I'm now changing my belief system. And if I change my belief system, it allows me to participate with the God kind of stuff, right? So, we should be in Habakkuk. And if you turn to the next chapter, Habakkuk 2, we're going to, I'm trying to upgrade your, your, how, we, how we look at seeing. You know, that's a good word. How we look at seeing. I'm changing your belief systems about this, our capacity to, again, see into the kingdom, which means really engage in the kingdom to be a part of what the Father's doing and what's he, what he wants to partner or co-create with us, right? He wants us to be with him, which is like, wow. Does he know who we are? Yes, he does. <laughs> but do you know who you are? That's, that's the thing. We just need to not know and just trust him on this. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 2. Um, verse 1. Again, I'm, again, we're building our foundation on what's the purpose of our seeing? What's, wow, I, I need to see so I can be motivated? I need to see so I can 
be active in how God does something. Okay, this is a little different. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Um, keep keep working it here. You know, some of you this is totally brand new. Others of you, it's it's it's, it's confirmation. But anyway, we're all in process here. And process is a good thing. So stay engaged. Don't don't throw in the towel. We're we're all going to be transformed. Uh, Habakkuk chapter two verse one. Oh. Oh, I know I've been rash in talking. Well, that's just being anyway. Uh, I will stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower or the fortress and watch to see what he will say within me and what answer I will make to my complaint against him. So there's, there's several things. I'm going to break this verse down. So there was a place. He positioned himself. So we need to find, you know, there's some lessons from this verse, you know, that help us. So this guy was like, okay, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. So my, my words earlier in chapter one were off. You know, I was rash talking. Hmm. Wow. Okay, what can I do? Okay, I'm going to stand upon my post. Okay. There's a position. This is, this is the same to the, I'm going to, Lift up my eyes. I'm going to get to the place. I'm going to get to the place where I'm looking from this, from your perspective. So I'm going to go to that place, that post of observation. I'm going to station myself there. So I'm going to actively engage. I'm going to look to see your way. Not my normal way. Not my friend's way. Not my pastor's way. Not Ian's way. Not Chuck Pierce's way. Not Cindy Jacobs' way. I'm going to go your way, Father. Because I'm conforming your image and you're busy conforming me to Jesus. So, okay, there's a place, there's a way that you want me to look. Okay, it's different from all that I know, but it's available. Okay, I believe it. And I'm going to actively, I'm going to look to see what you will say. And when you, I'm going to look to see what you'll say. I'm going to look to see his words. That's kind of funny, but I'm going to look to see. So it's basically, I'm going to engage in your kingdom. I'm going to look to see. I'm going to look to see what you'll say. And once I see what you say, not hear what you say, I'm going to see what you say. I'm going to engage with the things you say. Then I'll take your answer. I won't base the answer upon my experiences, my history, my background, my knowledge, what my friends think, what I know. I'm going to base my answer, my action on what you say. What you say within me. Okay. This is the, the life we're called to live from the inside out. Okay. He gives us answers if we'll go to that place. If we will actively engage. If we will look to see what he will say. Then we'll get the answers from him. Then we'll believe and actually act and do. If I can see what he does, then I'm empowered to act. Okay. And we say it again. If I can see what he is saying, if I, as an individual who's right now on planet Earth, can see what my Father God is saying, then I'm empowered to go do something about it. What's the flip of that? If I can't see what my Father is doing, then I am powerless, ineffective, and I'm a punk. Okay? If you want to be a punk and powerless and ineffective, hang up right now. If you want to be powerful, because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the almighty God. Totally for you, not against you. 
And if you're going to be in his image, you're going to be all powerful and almighty like he's all. He's the king of kings, not the king of wimpies. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If you're in that tribe, that category, please stay on. Please continue listening because he wants us to grow up into that image, right? But we've got to position ourselves. We have to lift up our eyes. We've got to look to see what he is saying so that we can be empowered to act and do as he would do. Okay? That's where we're headed. That's our normal. To be as he is. And it's all about just believing and looking and just doing what we see. It is actually that simple. But it doesn't happen day one. But you got to start looking. you got to start looking to see. Looking to hear. I'm looking to see what he says. That's totally not natural. I'm going to look to see what he says. Shouldn't I be positioning my ears to hear him talk? No. You're positioning your spirit to engage with any means he communicates. So your whole spirit to engage the whole message so you can do the whole thing. I like that. I don't know if I can repeat that, but I like that. That's what it's all about. If I can see, I want to see so I can be with my king and go do some great things. This is the Daniel scripture of, if I know him, I'll do great exploits. So if I can see what he's doing because we're close, it's going to rub off and I'm going to go about and represent my king, not to show off, but just to be who I'm called to be for him in that kingdom, this kingdom, and I'm unafraid and I'm free. Yay, that's who we are, unafraid and free. So, back to that question from the last part. What is hindering us from seeing? What's hindering us from seeing what the Father is doing? Well, I've got about six here. Um, I've got a list of, I think, I kind of saw them as bricks in our vision, right? I wrote down fear, unbelief, uh, demonic doctrines, um, wrong paths, you know, in the wrong place, closed gates, and then even, I think television and movies have, can do good and bad, but I, I think it's, it, it, overall it's a, it's a barrier. So, let's look at this first one. Fear. I've, I've, I've hit that a lot. I think it's a big deal. We know that God has given us a spirit of fear, but love and the sound mind and a good doctrine, right? So I, I believe that one of the hammers that shatters his rock called fear is love, right? Love doesn't fail, right? And love, I love, not only does it shatter fear, but it continues to work away at fear. Uh, any hidden fears, any subconscious fears, the more that we're in love with the Father, if there's one thing that you can do that's the, the thing is just continually engage and build your relationship with the Father. Not trying to have a relationship with the Father, but walking with Him. Just as, as Enoch walked with God for 300 years, set yourself to do that. I'm going, what are you doing? Are you reading about, nope, I'm walking with God. Is that all you're doing? Yep. I'm building my, my love relationship with the Father. Well, shouldn't he be out to raise the dead? Nope. I should be working on my relationship with the Father. And that's what I'm doing. He loves me, and I'm going to love him as much as he loves me. Well, shouldn't he be busy giving to the poor? Nope. 
I should be doing what my father's doing. And right now, I'm spending time hanging out with him because I don't know him like he knows me. I'm motivated by love for him to know him. Thank you very much. Go and self-promote yourself. If you can pick one thing, know him. It'll be very unpopular. <laughs> but it'd be very good. Okay. Um, unbelief. How do you battle unbelief? You believe. <laughs> uh, Romans 10, 17, Hebrews 11. Uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, I, I joke, I mean, it's, it's amazing how much unbelief I have when I think I believe everything that God's doing. But uh, uh, Mr. Backlund, who's out of California, he's with Bethel, Steve Backlund, he came to our congregation, and, and the Lord positioned me in this place, and I heard some amazing things which really hid some demonic doctrines which I held tightly to, and, and this is one of them. Uh, Steve Backlund said in his journey, he shared some stuff from his journey with the Lord. He said that he was an um, a unbelieving believer, and the Lord was challenging him on that. He says, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a believer. He says, nope, Steve, you don't believe me. You're go- you believe the heaven part, um, but you don't believe the rest. So you're an unbelieving believer. And so he was offended for a while, like I was offended too when I heard that, because I realized I'm the same category. Then he made a decision. He, wa- he decided he wanted to be a believing believer who believed. The first time I heard him say that, I thought, what? What do you mean a believing believer who believes? What is a believing believer who believes? What? what, what? And the first, like, I don't know, five or seven times he said it, I couldn't even understand that. But he, and so after the night, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm the same way. I believe portions of what God said, but I doubted and questioned and, and reasoned away much of things. So I decided, hmm. I just need to stop that and just say yes. Forget understanding and just say yes. You know, if the Lord said it, if it said in the word or he spoke to me or something, it was an automatic yes, no matter if I understood it or not. And so from that day, I've been working on being a believing believer who believes, who's actively engaged with that. And I'm finding that that attitude, that decision um, to say yes to the Lord, whatever He says and whatever He shows me, is is is, is kicking unbelief's butt, right? And that works really good. Um, demonic doctrines. Well, First Corinthians twelve is you know the Lord says, "Be not ignorant of spiritual things." We are so ignorant, and we're only ignorant because we don't ask the Lord questions. Um, he has His Holy Spirit, who's the Paraclete, is right there. He'll bring to us all all truth. Uh, and if and if you if 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 you really pursue him, um, he'll um, unleash. <laughs> he has lots of tutors, mentors, teachers. The seven spirits of God will help you walk uh, in the kingdom. Friends of mine read my book, or strangers of mine who are read my seven spirits book, and they're like, "I want the seven spirits to be active in my life." And I go, "Well, is the Holy Spirit active in your life?" Well, you know. He asked me to do things that I don't want to do. Well, I believe that the seven spirits are looking around to see who's teachable, right? And if you are not teachable by the Holy Spirit, you don't even want the seven spirits training you, you know? So you've got to be trainable, right? You've got to have a heart that's teachable and ready 
and they will come to you. You don't got to seek them, you know. Um, yeah, they'll come to you, and they'll they'll train you up, right? And you'll get those little wrong doctors out of there. Um, Zechariah three seven talks about his ways, you know. There's his ways, uh, his agenda, uh, which is usually not our ways and our agenda. And uh, uh, sometimes when we get, or speaking for myself, I'll get so, I know what you want me to do, God, and I'm going to do it. And God's going, where did you get that idea from? I'm not going that way. Well, it seems right to me. There's a way that seems right to a man, which leads to hell, right? So um, um, some of us don't do anything until we hear God's voice. Um, and God's whispering, yelling, screaming, and we're just afraid to do anything, right? Um, but I'm telling you, if you work on the relationship, you'll build trust um, between you and the Father. You'll find that He's faithful. And um, as He is faithful, He will do what He says He'll do. And that's a good thing, because He loves doing what He says He's going to do. Um, close gates. Um, hopefully, you've, you've all heard about the... Uh, the Gates book, the threefold nature of man. Gates, there's this, you know, you have your love gates and, um, and the spirit gates and your soul gates and your uh, body gates. Um, great book on the gates. And um, it's always good for those to be open. <laughs> and, and if they're closed, that's not good. Um, when I first heard about the gates, I didn't know about the gates. Matter of fact, my gates were shut down and locked, right? And amazing to me was, uh, I didn't know about the first love gate, but um, um, when I first heard Ian's stuff on CDs, I couldn't listen to it. I mean, uh, it wasn't that I couldn't comprehend it, per se. It would just kind of like, I don't know, go in and I just would, I would just throw it out. Um, it's hard for me to explain. But once I fell in love with the Lord, and this is after Bible school, this is after serving the church, this is after doing stuff, teaching in a Bible school, years later, I found out I just liked God and was grateful. And I was thankful. But I didn't love Him. This is sad. I mean, this is like after, you know, like, like the only thing I think could be worse is being a pastor who didn't know God. And so, and I've, I know a guy that pastored for, was it 12 years? Pastor for 12 years and he didn't have a relationship with God. I mean, he wasn't saved. How can you pastor and not be saved? Anyway, he did. So he got saved later. But so I was teaching the Bible, uh, teaching people about loving God and didn't love God. And I liked him a lot and I was grateful, but didn't love him. Once I, I started loving God, I could listen to Ian. And it was the weirdest deal. And so when I started loving God, I could listen to Ian, I went to a conference of his three years ago. And at that conference, I, I got the, the Gates book and started working through my Gates. So spent 50, I spent about 50 hours, five zero hours, uh, going through my Gates and dealing with uh, areas. And the Gates were just a symbolic of areas of your life that you have uh, either given to the Lord and to his purposes or held back. You know, uh, prayer is a... Uh, spiritual gate my that gate was like closed my, my gate the fear of the lord or re, i'm sorry for the reverence for god that day that gate was bound it was big and thick and it was an ugly visual in my imagination i thought 
I don't think we're supposed to go through the gate. <laughs> I had never gone through the gate. And it took a bit to clean that thing up. And so um, the, the Lord wants us to mature. Maturity is um, every area of our lives submitted to His, uh, to Him, uh, His rulership, His kingship, Him, him right? And the gates are just... Uh, 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 representative of areas of our lives that uh, are are his. I mean, he purchased us, so we need to let him have uh, what he purchased. Okay. Um, television and motion pictures. Uh, you know, I've just found, and this is just you know, again, you know, all of this is just my opinion, and you guys can add value to or whatever. But I have found that when I when I fast, I usually fast everything so i mean food and i'm a water faster guy so when i fast i also fast television and movies when i do that it's uncanny that my visions whether it be dream visions or clarity of spiritual visions or even uh redeemed imagination things are all sharper and better and are all more glorious when i give up tv or movies for a season and and I asked the Lord one time about that, and he and he says, well, it's like it's like a regular meal, right? Um, I could satisfy my hunger for uh, calories with a candy bar or a healthy meal. And so what I, what he's saying was, I was satisfying my desire for visions with television. I wasn't getting these godly, cool, neat downloads from the Father because. I was satisfying my desire, my want for visions with television and movies. And so I just put that out there. If you, you know, that's one of those things you want to experiment with. Go, hey, I'm allowed to watch TV. I don't watch pornography or any any bad thingies. I don't watch soap operas. I go, I must tell you, for me, when I stopped all, even the godly stuff, all of that and said, I'm not going to, I can't say these words, but... But when I wasn't doing that, it seemed that my desire for visions was being fulfilled directly from the kingdom and not I wasn't substituting these other things coming in through my eye gate. So um, I'm going to pause there. Um, so again, we went through fairly quickly um, a few um, areas, six, um, that were... Uh, hindrances to to uh, or barriers or obstacles to seeing that was um, and so I would want to open this up now that anything that was not in that category that is that you feel is blocking you um, I, and if there's a new category yay because there's a new category there's a new hammer that shatters that thingy so um, uh, anyone have any blockages that we want that weren't addressed or if um, you want to really pulverize one of those blockages and we want to re- go over it again, now is the time to open your mic, share a blockage, and we'll, um, I'll repeat it for the tape, and um, we'll shatter it real quick and g- give you some homework. Um, every blockage has been um, weakened by this conversation, um, um, and then you can go and annihilate it after the call. All right. So, um, uh, okay. Anyone got any 
issues that we need to hit or you need some more uh, rev on. The gates. You need a question about the gates? What are the gates? Was that the question? Okay. So, um, so on that real easy, um, well, easy is uh, if when, and this is this is a, this is a good example. So, when people are talking, i.e., me training, and something comes up, hey, gates, hmm, don't throw it away. Write it down. Um, after the session over, you go, Father, hey, uh, you, this came up during the conversation, gates. Is there anything that needs to be opened more or blockage? And you go, and, you know, and maybe something will come click, click clearly. If nothing comes clearly, you, you say a prayer. Father, I am yours. Um, you are living inside of me. Second uh, Colossians 2, um, uh, 2 verses 9 and 10, mostly verse 10, says that you, Jesus, you Father, you Jesus, you Holy Spirit, dwell in me. I want you to have full access to every area of my life. If there's an area that we, you and him together, need to address, please show it to me. I, we, I want you to help me um, uh, clear out uh, anything in any of my gates. And then with that prayer of dedicating yourself to him and giving him permission to, to have free access to every area, um, then he will do that on his timing, right? And you just need to always be willing to uh, address something, okay? Um, sometimes we get so, uh, or I'll get so zealous or get so like, okay, I'm ready now to work on this. And God's going, well, I'm glad you think you're ready, but I know when you're ready, <laughs> okay? And so, but what the Bible says in Isaiah, the willing and obedient eat the fruit of the land. So it's our job to respond to him, not respond to the devil. The devil say, Wally, you still have a stronghold of movies and you haven't fully submitted that to the Lord. You go, hey, accuser, good point. Father, the accuser of the brethren, me, has said that I have an issue with movies. What do you think, oh, good father judge? I'm going to agree with the accuser and say, okay, you think I've got that, father? The accuser says, I've got a bondage here, some blockage with the movie thingy that I'm idolizing. Uh, I'm idolizing, here's a real one. I'm idolizing, um, not real, real, but I'm idolizing uh, Mr. Crow. He's playing in Noah, uh, releasing uh, to, tonight, tomorrow, today's Friday, right? Uh, Noah's being released today, and Russell Crow is, is playing Noah. And the, acute, uh, the, the devil saying that Wally wants to spend more time with Russell Crowe than in your presence. So he is worshiping Russell Crowe and not you. Now, if I'm smart, I'll go, what? Okay, Father God, I agree with the accuser. Uh, the accuser says I'm worshiping Russell Crowe. So, Father, I repent from worshiping Russell Crowe. And I repent for uh, having a more intimate relationship with Russell Crowe than with you, even though I liked him in Gladiator and saw it nine times or ten times. 
And that's like Braveheart, which I saw 20 times. I repent for anyone who is a better warrior than you. I repent for uh, having any uh, uh, man before you, God, having any idol through any image of of uh, uh, of uh, any of those guys, uh, Blueface, uh, who's the guy in Braveheart? Um, so I repent and I agree with the accuser. And then I say, Father, do I need to do anything else to bring up whether the enemy brought it up or Holy Spirit brings it up or somebody else brings it up? I go right to the Father and say, I agree and um, let's take care of this. And so sometimes it's a prayer. Sometimes it's a uh, it's whatever he, he leads you to do. Don't make up things. Whatever you feel led to do, you do that, and that will address any gate or any obstacle or any barrier or any hindrance to your growth or your identity in Christ Jesus. Okay? Yeah, welcome. And Kim, I'll, I'll send you that book um, if you send me a Facebook message. And anybody else who wants it to, um, I, I have permission from Ian. <laughs> Some, <laughs> someone on their staff last year goes, you have no right. <laughs> I said, I, said um, I know Ian, and if you go check with him, since you're on his staff, supposedly, um, you'll know that my wife sent him a portrait, which is bigger than you are, and you'll ask him again that, I paid for his breakfast two years ago. He told me to, I can have as many copies as I want. And so I'm taking on his word. Anyway, so if he, anyone who's concerned about copyright infringement, um, I, I'm not because I have his word on it. So if you want a copy, I have no problem. It's not a great copy, but it, it, will, it will help you. you know. So uh, just uh, drop me a... Uh, now, for those who are listening to the tape, it does not go for you. <laughs> Well, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Okay, any any more questions? Do, 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 do. Good questions, though. Uh, All righty. I, I see no typing. Let's move on. Only got, oh, my, time is flying. We're only... No, we're we're a good chunk of the way through. And the goal isn't to finish all my pages. The goal is to get what we need to get to. Um, wow, uh, let's, let's let's hit this belief system because we all can see. You know, we we see. I think one a another area. I guess it's mm, a barrier or, or mindset. Um, let me share this. Um, probably 10, no, probably five years ago, I was uh, helping at a conference. Oh, yay, good for you. Uh, I was at a conference, and I believe, uh, well, I I know that Cindy Jacobs and her husband were, were there, but there were other people at this conference, and I was helping in the usher category and um, catching and carrying chairs. Anyway, I was doing helps. So I remember this session. I, I like Cindy and, and her husband, Cindy Jacobs and her husband. I forget his name. This is bad. Anyway, so I had my back towards them, and I was helping someone in the book table getting the boxes ready for the books to go back, whatever. 
And uh, I remember I was looking, Mike, thank you. So he'll feel better that Cindy and Mike Jacobs are a wonderful couple, and they are. Anyway, so he, they were both on stage. My back was towards them. Uh, back was, yeah, towards them. I was way in the back helping get another ministry shipped out, their book stuff. And um, she was talking, and, uh, and Mike was next to her. And somehow, yeah, she said it. She And they, they were... Uh, either beginning their message or ending it, I forget which. All I remember though was, she said out of her mouth, da 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 da, Greek mindset. When the words, when the word Greek and the word mindset reached me in the very back of the audit, uh, church auditorium, I, I I tell you this, it felt like uh, my head turned around by itself. It felt like if I did not turn my body to follow my head, that it was going to snap off. Okay, it was a very weird feeling, and I thought, "What in the world? What what must I listen to or give my full attention to?" And so I'm now standing there looking. You know, uh, my now I'm now facing uh, Mike and Cindy Jacobs talking about a Greek mindset, and all I know at that moment, I felt like something in me was exposed. As in, the the enemy was exposed that was active in my life. I heard the term Greek mindset, had, and it was, uh, and they explained it. But I was like, "What? I, why is this having such a great effect on me?" And it wasn't until maybe a year or two later that someone talked on it. But there's basically, in simplicity, there's a Greek mindset and a Hebraic mindset. The Greek mindset is my very much form deal. And Hebraic is function. And so the area I want to address, you know, so the Greek mindset or Western or this form deal believes that seeing is believing. It believes that seeing validates reality. Um, and it believes that seeing is the end-all, be-all. And it believes that the, you get to be passive, that, you know, God does everything and you do, and you do nothing because God does everything. This mindset will, it won't take you to hell, but you'll live, you'll, live, you'll live hell on earth, right? You will not be victorious for this mindset. And I was trying to be victorious. I, I knew all kinds of things, but this mindset will just suck the life out of you. And I want to focus on this thing about seeing validates reality, okay? Reality is God is invisible, and there's, a, you know, right now in the room you're in, there are uh, there are more angels in the room that you're in now than there are um, uh, pieces of furniture. That's an easy one. Um, that's reality, right? But what happens is we look around the room and go, I don't see any angels, therefore that guy speaking is a liar. Well, no. Seeing does not validate reality. Reality is in the unseen. Okay. Reality is in the unseen. And right now, this last 10 years, our whole world is being addressed by that. You know, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, I'm still shaking over this deal. When my daughter came home and said, Pluto is a star and not a planet. I go, what are you talking about? All my life, Pluto is a planet. How dare you address my reality? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm telling you, God is shaking everyone's reality because he's like, hey, you're my people. Let me tell you what reality is. Reality isn't 
that world system, not that economy, that's not real. And we're going like, yes it is, because I'm using this green thing to buy gas, this green thing to tithe, this green thing to buy clothes. Green is my friend. And God's going, that's not real. You need to know what reality is. And so we need to realize that seeing is hearing, is sensing, is feeling, is touching, is tasting. But in the Greek thingy, we think seeing is believing, seeing, seeing is just it, right? We need to open ourselves up to the kingdom, right? We've got to unlearn some things, right? And there's effort required. The effort you're taking right now to, uh, to, to endure three hours of, of a Skype session when three hours Skype, I like it. I mean, here's how bad I used to be. Um, so back in the day, there was this thing called cassettes. If you came to me in 1983 with a cassette message that you, you said was the, the best message in the whole world, I would put the cassette in my hand, look at it and go, I was not there, therefore this message was no good. My reality was based on whatever I was at. And you're going like, what are you talking about? I, and this is true. If you put an anointed, God did amazing things in the cassette or an eight track or back then reel to reel or whatever, and I was not present at the meeting, I devaluated, devalued, um, de, all the D words, did not believe there was nothing good for me on the cassette because my reality was based upon whatever I experienced. If I could not experience it with my natural senses, it did not exist. That's how bad I was in 1983. I'm now a little better. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on the journey to believing in the unseen, right? Um, but, I mean, I, I mean if, if, if I could not validate it by my reasoning and my understanding and my natural abilities, it was not real. You're thinking, oh, well, are you not gone to heaven? Well, I gave God a little grace on that heaven thing, you know. Now I believe because he says so and it's written, okay. But I'm telling you, in, the, in my early days, and this is, I was, you know, I was post-college, pre-Bible school. But I was not much better after a year of Bible school, you know. But we've got to move out of this must-touch-it to we've got to believe it slash know it. Many of us are walking around with a stronghold that, well, until I know it's real, it's not real. No, we need to know it's God and then it is real, okay? So we've got to be, we need to be more active in unlearning, unlearning some things, right? We need to be as active or even actually more active and putting more effort on learning some stuff. And some of us, you know, the people I'm talking to right now are really good. Anyone who would go through, you know, three hours on a Skype call and have earbuds or speakerphones and sit there and engage, you're, you're a good group. But then we got to do this next one, which we're kind of a little bit hesitant on. We've got to log the hours, and this takes more and more effort. You've got to do some stuff, right? So just like when I heard about stepping in, I didn't believe it for the first 15 minutes. And then I was like, you know, you know, challenged to believe. I realized, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm a believing believer who believes, not a believing believer who doubts, 
But I was doubting for quite a bit of time. So when I decided to be a believing believer who believes, I decided to believe that I could step, I could take one step forward and go into the torn veil, go through the torn veil into the kingdom, take one step back and be back on earth and uh, administer, uh, administer something. And so for one weekend, I'm, you know, Ian would say, I believe in practice. Everyone stand up. Okay, make sure you can take a step forward. Make sure you can take a step back. Okay, now close your eyes. And we would do step forward, step back, he'd pray. And so so Friday night, no, Thursday night. So anyway, so for a weekend, I'm stepping this one out. So on our drive home, I'm, in, I'm driving the car back from Connecticut, back to D.C. And I say to myself, man, I believe in stepping in. I wish that maybe I should pull off the road and do a few step in, steps out. <laughs> and my... And the Spirit of God in me, who's united with my spirit, said, uh, you don't have to physically move your feet one foot forward and one foot back. You can do it while you drive. And I went, I can? I can, <laughs> I can step in. I go, no, I can't. I have to step. I have to physically step. I was trained to step. It took me a while to get it, but I had to step. I had faith in stepping. And the, my spirit said to me, um, hello, it's by faith. You can step in while you're driving. I go, really? Okay. So I'm driving the car, and I got people in my pastor seat in the back seat. And so since I couldn't step physically my feet, I would lean forward and lean back. So now I'm rocking in my car. I'm stepping in the kingdom by leaning forward. So I now had faith in leaning forward and faith in leaning back. I'd lean forward and lean back. But I logged some hours leaning forward and leaning back, logged some more hours when I got home and started stepping in and stepping back and forth. So you've got to do some work, right? You've got to start looking to the things which are not seen um, and looking to the unseen. You've got to start exercising uh, your belief system. If you believe something, you need to act on it and not just copy somebody else. You've got to build it where you believe the same thing. A lot of us don't really believe stuff. We just know what they know. We just know what we think we know, and we need to take inventory of our belief system and be honest with ourselves and go, what do I believe about heaven? What do I believe about this kingdom authority stuff? What do I believe about being a son or, or a daughter of God? Do I, can I really? Is there a scripture for that? Has God said? What, is, what did he say anyway? What, what is your, the foundation of your relationship anyway? What do you really believe in? It's almost midnight, so you can just stop talking now. They've had enough of you. No, you got 21 minutes. And so, um, but it's, it's really about what do you honor? And we need to move from honoring just the temporary to honoring the, the, the eternal. Um, we are we now going to live an everlasting life. We were here before earth. We're going to be here after earth. We need to put our priorities to things which are eternal. Everything we see in our natural eyes is temporary. But the life we're called to live is an eternal life. And we need to focus on the things which are eternal and just not the things which are uh, temporary. Second Corinthians 4.18 talks about we need to consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible and temporal, but the things which are invisible and they're deathless and everlasting. That's where we need to get to. That's where we're called to be. 
that's the life that we're living. That's who we are as new creations of Christ Jesus. And that's what the Father, uh, that's how he sees us, right? And we need to get in his time frame and be eternal like he's eternal because we are. That's what he created us to be. Um, Proverbs 25, 2, you know, a great verse. It talks about, on, you know, honor God. The honor or the glory of God is to hide a thing. But it's the honor of kings to search it out, right? And if you, if you think about that, it says, you know, you look at that, the honor of kings is a search out of matter. It's only kings do that. So this is about identity. You know, in your belief system, who do, who do you, who do, you know, there's the, you know, who does he say we are? Or who do we say Jesus is? And who do people say Jesus is? But we need to move up to where, well, who do you say you are? And who's the father say you are? The father sees you as a son who's going to walk as a king because he's a king of kings, right? Um, but this is true. Kings search out of matter. So if you're not searching out things and, and digging in things, this is a clue that maybe you're not walking in your, your full identity as a king. But this is true of you. You're the ones that are searching out this matter. You're the ones that this is true for. The Father's relationship with you. He's hiding things not from you. He's hiding things for you so that you can walk in your glory as a king and search those things out. And that's a good thing, right? Hebrews 11.3 talks about that. This is a um, the easy-to-read version because it's kind of easy to read. Faith helps us to understand what God created that he created the whole world by his commands, right? He spoke it. This means that the things we see were made by things which cannot be seen. Um, and that's amazing. So everything we see was made by frequency. God said, let there be, and, and right? So the, every, the seen was created by the unseen. But we were so unfamiliar with the unseen because we were fixated on the things we can see. We need to spend time, more time in the unseen and less time in the seen. And that's a choice, right? Uh, it may help you to close your eyes to start seeing or engage in the unseen. We need to be familiar with that which, you know, was there before we got here. And we were there, we were there before we got here too. We need to uh, uh, get back home and get back comfortable in our natural surroundings. Whatever you honor, you value. And what you value, you put value on and you appreciate. What you appreciate, you'll fight for. And what you'll fight for, you'll actually spend the time on and, uh, uh, and let it build in you. You know, and that's a good thing. Um, this thing about work, you know, the first time I heard, you know, Ian or anyone talk about work or, or discipline, you know, I, I was okay because of my athletic background. I knew that I, there were things I had to do, um, training, some discipline, um, eating right. I knew there were things that I had to do. But some people come into the kingdom and they think that, you know, Jesus did it all. And he did a whole bunch of the stuff that we got to do. John six twenty nine I think, will help you out. Jesus said, this is the work that God asked of you. What? I thought... I thought we don't have to work anymore. I thought the law, you know. <clears throat> Jesus says, this is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent. So the work that we've got to do is believing. 
and we've got to learn how to believe, work on believing, and we need to, to go into believing. Um, work um, is not a four-letter word, even though it is a four-letter word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Work is a good thing when we're working on to what the Father is saying us to do, and we can walk in that. Um, and that's what we're, we're called to do. And so uh, when we walk, when we do what Jesus said to do, and repeat the verse again, John six twenty nine, Jesus said, This is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to, this is the Amplified, that you cleave to and trust and rely on and have faith in his messenger. And this takes time. We have to, you know, um, the Lord will show you the things which you believe. Now, he's nice about that, that he will show you every all your unbelief, but he'll um, systematically and strategically work at at the pace that um, one you're willing to go with, but you've got to start with your willingness and let him do only what he can do. And some good homework here, and this is in the handout. Um, I won't go through this, but you know, this is real work that um, you ought to do. You know, paper, pen, you know, write down, you know, what desires you have. When you write down, you spend some time and. Um, on paper, write down, spend some time, write down the desires that he's placed in your heart, and then don't go, this is my imagination, or this is my spirit. Just write down whatever good thing comes up, right? And uh, it's good to see what you're, you should be focusing on, right? Um, my people perish because of lack of vision. You know, we're running around like, what's your goal in life? I just want to go to heaven. Well, um, that's a goal. Uh, but there's more things the Lord's called you to. And we need to know what those things are. And are you distracted by life, right? Um, what are these treasures that he's placed in you? Do you know? Uh, ask him. He'll show you. Um, so there's a list of the things here. I was going to read them off. You know, what desires has he dropped in you? What is your one thing? What are the treasures that you know need to know more about? Um, do you have a kingdom mentality? You know, what is that? Ask the Father. He's a king over the kingdom. Have you set your mind on the things of his realm? Um, what what right now in your mind is impossible? You know, you, it's okay to to make a list of things which are impossible for you to overcome. Give that list to the Lord, put it in your journal, and let him show you how you with him, all things are possible. But right now, if you... If you have a things which you see which are impossible, whether it be financial or the Lord's placed a people, person, family group, nation, continent, that's like, how can I do that? That's impossible. Write it down and let him show you what's possible. And and, and the cool thing about that is <clears throat> you get to build a relationship with that. Because he's not afraid of your, he's not afraid of what's an obstacle to you. Because he wants to partner with you to overcome all things. And that's the relationship we're called to live in. We're not growing stronger by ourselves so that we can go, look God, here's what I did. It's more like, look God, look what we did. And that's a a happy father with a happy child. And the happy child is growing up to be like dad. And we do that by growing in union with him. And and that union with him is is resting and realizing that I can't do this on my own. I can't do this with a group. 
I can do this with the Godhead and, and everyone else he's assigned to me. And this happens in that place called rest. And I talk about, you know, there's a place, you know, there's rest and we need to get there. And there's this whole thing about, you know, some of us have, you know, very busy minds, right? Some of us are concerned about our active imagination. All of that needs to be submitted to the Lord. And, you know, there's a season, it took me a long time, Lord, because you need to meditate. I go, meditating's new age, meditating's bad. And he said, well, anyway, it's not. And he showed me the you know, scripture in Joshua 1.8 and some teachings, but the Christians I knew didn't have a real good thing on that. But the Lord, you know, the Lord wants to teach us everything. And the Lord had me do a Google search and find some stuff, and he helped me modify it, and we got along better. But a friend of mine posted this on Facebook, and he talks about these... Uh, the five levels of your your consciousness, right? And there's a delta state, and a theta state, and an alpha state, and a beta state, and a gamma state. And uh, uh, the, the the deal is, you know, the scripture talks about that God's ways are higher than our ways, as in God is God and His consciousness is higher than ours. But when He created us uh, or Adam in the beginning, they had they were the same level. But then we talk about you know how Adam and Eve fell. Uh, from grace, but they fell from that high place, and and the Lord is calling us back by the blood of, but Jesus made the way through His blood and His body, through the veil back to the high place, and our job, you know, once we come to the kingdom, is to want to go. So the question is, will you go back and return to the high place? Um, will you go up? The door is open, right? Will you return to that place where you're not trying to figure it out, that you're resting in him, in the resting state from a scientific, physiological, brain activity level is a, is a delta deal where it's four cycles per second. You're just, you're not, you're leaning not upon your understanding, you're trusting in God, so you're, you're at great rest. The deeper the rest is, the, the more that you're aware of the Father. When you're highly active at 40 cycles per second, means you're in total control <laughs> and you're more aware of you and your surroundings than the king and his kingdom. And so uh, some of the New Agers uh, have gotten really good at, at getting their, um, their cycles down to really low. And they have amazing encounters with the realm called spirit, but not the kingdom of light, right? And so they brag about how they're more spiritual than Christians are because they actually are. They spend more time in the spirit realm. The wrong realm, but definitely not natural. We need to be um, very active in the non-material world because we're spirit beings. They are very active in the non-material world because they believe that they have a soul and they have access. They have access, but they don't have protection because there are other entities in that realm that uh, are not for them. Um, we have no fear because God is for us and our desire is Him. And we're not seeking things or seeking power or seeking whatever. Where our life is hidden in God, right? So we're, we're good to go. Um, so that's a good place to be. All righty. Um, yeah. We're, we're about done. Yeah, we are done. Alrighty. So, um, we went through a lot of stuff. 
and you guys had some great questions. Um, the, the handout that you have or you will receive, um, the last few pages, you know, well, actually all the pages, you can, um, you know, ask the Lord, hey, is there something on this page? Is there a verse? Is there a diagram? Is there something that you want me to dig into? Do I need some more understanding of the dynamics, the way I think? Um, is there something that I don't fully have a deal? The Lord is your teacher. He'll take you deeper. On the last few pages are some homework stuff. You need to be, you know, jotting down stuff. You know, during the talk, some um, hindrances have popped up. You're like, wow, I didn't realize that was so active. And now you know. And then now you have something that your partner, your Father and Holy Spirit and Jesus want to work with you about. So we can go to better levels of freedom. Some of you just need to rest in His presence. Uh, some of you think you have before, but now, you know, like, oh, that's rest. Oh, okay. Well, I'm go there, right? Some of you just need to refocus back to that one thing. You need to set your hearts, set your mind on Him. You really do need to seek first the kingdom. But really not the kingdom, just the king. And really, seek first the king and all these things uh, were given to you because it's the, uh, you know, fear not, my little sheep. It's the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we don't have to earn it. We don't have to learn about it. He's busily trying to get it, give it to us, and we're like trying to get in a position to... Uh, uh, So we're um, busy trying to get back. Well, some of us are trying to get in the position to receive the kingdom. Well, the Father is trying to give us a kingdom, but we're moving so fast, trying to work. He's going to stop moving so I can hand it to you. So um, uh, we need to find out where we are on that wonderful scale. But it's best just to stop. And say, Father, uh, wow, I need to learn how to uh, see what you're saying, right? Uh, I need to respond differently than I've done before. I need to uh, let you have your way in my life because I've had my way too long. So that's it for my part. If you've got uh, a few questions in this last bit, uh, throw them out there. If not, then we'll say goodnight. So, um, um, all right, we got, welcome back. Um, so again, if you want to speak it out, good. If you want to write, that's fine too. Cool. Um, anybody else? Uh, yay for thank yous. Um, Paula? Deborah, North Carolina, Washington State, California, Islands, Georgia people, people whose states I forgot, Florida people, questions. All righty. Can we close in prayer? We certainly can. So, Father, I thank you that uh, for the word that's gone forth. I thank you for those who, um, uh, who were part of this session and those who will be a part of 
these sessions coming forward. I thank you that you are present now. You'll be present then. I thank you that your word um, goes forth. I thank your word is going forth in an accelerated manner. I thank you that people have been prepared uh, before this time for this revelation, for your presence, uh, for you. I thank you we are all being transformed from glory to glory. We're just not um, uh, receiving uh, more information, but we set our heart on pilgrimage to be changed. Father, we thank you that as we behold you, we go from glory to glory. So we thank you, Lord, we've all been changed to a measure, but we thank you for that next measure. We thank you that you were fully accepted in you, but we're growing up to be um, sons, kings, um, walking in responsibility, walking in authority, walking um, with you. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the ongoing transfiguration. We thank you for the union of our spirit with your spirits, with your spirit. So we thank you for uh, life and life more abundantly. Amen. All right. All righty. Anybody else?